How do I say goodbye to what we had? Ladies and gentlemen, today we are gathered here in the world's most grandiose pillow fort to celebrate the life and legacy of Dennis Hoff, pioneer in the sex industry, owner of the Moonlight Bunny Ranch in Las Vegas, Nevada. Awesome, Lincoln, brother. My brother. Prominent figure on the HBO series Cat House. Leader of men. Fucker of women. Homeboy of whores. Homeboy of whores. Dennis, we salute you. God bless you. Hombre of humping. Dennis Huh Dennis Hoff Come on Shout out Apple bottom jeans Boots with the fur The whole club was looking at her She hit the floor She hit the floor Next day you know Shorty got low, 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 low Oh Lord God damn it Dennis You're too good for this world Shwemo Tis I the prince of podcasting The bipolar rock and roll With the sultan of slits The godfather of gash The genetic jackhammers in the house The three time West Virginia Podcasters Association Man of the Year It's episode 180 Of Pillow 4 Radio It's a lot of episodes It is It's a lot of content 96% of podcasts Don't make it past four episodes 83% of statistics Are made up on the spot Once again As always I'm joined by Former intercontinental champion White Samoan Albino Grizzly. What's it doing? <laughs> Just came off the top of my head. Too. Sasquatch of the Squats. <laughs> the Allegheny Ape. <laughs> oh! God damn. That was slightly it's racist. <laughs> I've made that joke before. Former Intercontinental. Know, but it, it just now got its legs. <laughs> it's the timing. It's all about it's, timing. It's just now hurting his feelings. <laughs> <laughs> it's a slow reaction. The Somalier of Kratom. Still Chucky Tater Sex over there, you guys. Back from my absence. Back from his absence. Did you enjoy the episode? Did you listen to it? I did. That we did without you? I didn't listen to the whole thing, but I listened to... The first 45 seconds was spot on. <laughs> well, I listened to the thing that enraged you both with the... Uh... <laughs> With the blue on black. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the then, uh, and then discussing how my, which I was kind of touched that you thought my points with Donald Trump were valid, but then John <laughs> said something which is completely true, said my hatred for him overrides <laughs> reason sometimes. <laughs> I was like, ah, yeah, he's right. Goddamn, he's right. <laughs> Did you like how we talked about you, even though you weren't here? Yeah, it was pretty neat. Yeah. And we knew you were going to hear it, so. Yeah. We didn't hold back. No, you, you gave it to me. Anyway. As always, returning champion. I need. I, had, I haven't come up with one. The uh, what's a good one for for John this week? The uh, 
the Regis Philbin never did it. I think we've done that. We've done Regis. I'm out of control. (laughs) Yeah, we have. (laughs) The Hoist Gracie. The Richard Kind. It does start with an R. (laughs) The Richard Kind of Regenerative Farming. I like it. (laughs) Character actor Richard Kind. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Oh, that guy. Yeah. That's old John Morgan over there. Hey, hey. The Prime Minister of the Pork. Hear me popping those peas? The Baron of Bacon. <laughs> the, the the parliamentarian of the pork chop. <laughs> God damn it! This is good. You're right. The Baron of the pork butt. This is a great uh, fucking idea right here. Well, getting cratumed up and the doing per- a, yeah, well mixing them together, doing it's a cast. Really, really what the fuck you talking about? This is what I live for, <laughs> nigga. It's a, it's life. God damn it! The life of uh, David Gale, Dennis Hoff. What a what a guy! What a dude! He was a pinky ring wearer. Hey, Do you ever notice that? Of course, he was a pinky ring and wearer. the big thick gold chain with the open collar. Yeah, the class three quarters class all up. the way. It's what Donald Trump wishes he could be. Oh, it, my phone is ringing, and we will answer and see what happens. Hello. Uh, may I please speak with James Underwood? Who's speaking? This is Anna calling from the Siena College Research Institute. We're speaking briefly today to voters in your area. No one will tell us anything. It's just a very quick survey. How quick is this survey? Three minutes. Three minutes? Yes. All right, let's do this. <laughs> uh, have I reached you in a landline or a cell phone? This is a cell phone. Are you in a place where you can safely talk on the phone and answer my questions? Yes. How likely are you to vote in the election on November 6th? Are you almost certain to vote, very likely to vote, somewhat likely to vote, not very likely to vote, or not at all likely to vote, or have you already voted? I'm somewhat likely to vote. If the general election for a member of Congress from the 3rd Congressional District of West Virginia was being held today, who would you vote for if the candidates were Carol Miller, the Republican, or Richard Ojeda, the Democrat? Uh, Neither one of them. Uh, I'm going to read you a few names of the people in public life, and I'd like you to tell me whether you have a favorable opinion or an unfavorable opinion of each person. Carol Miller. Unfavorable. Richard or Jetta? I do not know yet. Uh, Currently, the Republicans have a majority in the United States House of Representatives. Uh Every seat is up for election in November. After the election, who would you like to see as control of the House of Representatives, the Democrats or the Republicans? Anarchists. (laughs) Uh, Do you approve or disapprove of the job that Donald Trump is doing as president? Disapprove. Before we finish, I'd like you to uh, rate your chances of voting in the general election, either in person on November 6th or through early voting on a scale of 10 to 1, 10 being the highest and 1 being the lowest. Uh, 7. Uh, do you consider yourself an independent, Republican, Democrat, or as a member of another political party? Anarchist. <laughs> and for statistical purposes, a couple of final questions. In what year were you born? 1979. Just like the Smashing Pumpkins song. Hey. Shake down 19. Uh, please stop me when I say the highest educational level which you have completed. Grade school, high stop. school, some colleges. <laughs> was it high school? Grade school. 
are you are you of Hispanic origin and descendants such as Mexican, Dominican, Puerto Rican, Cuban, or some other Spanish background? I figured you'd be able to tell by my accent that I'm Mexican. Uh, would you consider yourself Caucasian, white, African American, black, or Asian? Uh, said Mexican. Mexican. Um, Are we at three minutes yet? Uh, that's it. Thank you very much for your time and cooperation. You have hey, a wonderful day. In. I love you. Thank you. <laughs> she didn't bullshit you. That really was a short survey. Pretty short. Gold. That was fucking gold. <laughs> we had to try to get somebody called call every yeah. week. How how can you possibly consider that science where you're calling and asking these, so not these vague no. yes or no questions? How do you actually ascertain they've, any they've kind of meaningful me a lot, data from that? And I've never went went through a survey. No. And um, anytime anybody calls me when we're doing this, I'm going to take the call and I'm going to broadcast it because it's <laughs> it's a thing to talk about. It's sure. five, five minutes of time, baby. <laughs> I mean, we're just we're just trying to kill some time here. Yeah. You called me during the show, so you get to be broadcast. You're on the show now. Yeah. Now uh, ugh, that is kind of weird though, because I don't know if Texas is a two party state. So she would have need to know that she was being recorded. Ah, fucker. Yeah, fuck her. Doesn't matter. I'm not going to go get. Uh, what were we talking about Nobody's before all this happened? Anyway. Dennis Hoff. Dennis Hoff. Dennis Hoff. The pinky rings. Pinky rings. Butterfly collar. I was talking about those apple bottom jeans and the boots with the fur. Do not ever forget about the boots with fur. See? I like the Reeboks with the strap. I am um, for. I want to give that big booty a slap. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. Until about a year and a half ago, I thought that it was apple bottom jeans, boots with the spurs. Which I actually think I like much better. Which is actually better. Yes, it's, it's, Se- it's way sexy. sexier. You ever seen a chicken with the with the uh, Daisy Dukes, the uh, the cowboy boots, and like a, a flannel shirt, with the cut off sleeves, and tied up here? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, that's why, something. Why not? Gut hanging over. Maybe an, some, some American flag undies. She was rocking the beer gut. There was actually a or even or even a, even a Confederate flag undies. I, that would do it for me. It sure. Doesn't bother me a bit. I don't care. Um. But yeah, Denisoff was a fucking pioneer, man. That, I don't uh, know that much about him. I just know that he had that. He's just—he's the guy he that a, took advantage of the thing that you were allowed to do in Nevada and became famous. And for he, it. you yeah. know, he lobbied for it. I think he think he made it, kept it legal, and you know what I mean. He was an advocate for legal prostitution, which is a fucking no brainer. It should be a right. Oh yeah, it should be. I mean, it's the oldest nationwide. It's one of the oldest uh, occupations, and uh, that would give women too much power, though. Exactly. So, well, that honest to God, that's, like, what, that's what its history is. Yeah, is that, those, exactly. And those women that work there. They had all the power. They make bank. They, yeah, they they're did all very wealthy. well. And they control what they do and what they don't do. Yeah. They essentially just pay pay rent to live there mm-hmm. and bring yeah. people in. And is, it bad, is, it, is it bad that I, I recognize a couple of my favorite porn stars on that show every now yeah. and then? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's bad. It's, it's bad. bad. <laughs> that's great. Of course, that's what porn... If you're a porn star, you should do that because you know there's somebody that would pay... Like five thousand bucks for a couple hours. Oh you. sure, there's some dude out there. Like who? Let's bring one up off the top of our heads. Um, Mia Khalifa. I don't think I know her. She's um, Arab. Hmm. And she did all like the she did all the um, stuff burka porn. <laughs> yeah, that where she, like she Dominican poison. Yeah, Dominican. You poison. guys would have to actually. Well, not anymore. But <laughs> you start working before twenty four hours happened. a day. Yeah, before something happened that drew me. What happened, away. Chuck? Nothing. I can't mention that. Why can't you mention that you have a freaking girlfriend, you faggot? 
<laughs> was it was it a BJ? Was it a an OJ? Did you kill her? No. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. No, I was just saying that I'm faithful. So it's you know uh, me going out and scoring with Dominican poison would be you know. I mean, they're wrong. Everybody has hall passes. Everyone has secrets mm. too. I mean. For uh, my last girlfriend, I was allowed uh, two people. I was allowed Jennifer Love Hewitt. And who's the other one? Lacey, Lacey Chabert to finish the... Uh, oh, fuck yeah. The, That'd uh, be great. <laughs> the party that would be five. fetch. <laughs> and she, and, uh, <laughs> she, she was allowed uh, Tom Bosley. And, uh, of uh, Happy Days yeah. fame. Don't get uh, mad. Had a schlad. Cinch it. Had a schlong, I heard. David the gnome. He was had, he had a gnome in his pants. A gnome there. named Gnorm. But yeah, fucking um, yeah, you get a hall pass if you meet somebody famous. Eh. Say she runs into Doogie Howser, MD, and in an alternate universe where he's into chicks, you gonna say no? No. You gonna say yeah? Get in there and fuck old Doogie Howser. <laughs> get in there. Get plowed. <laughs> does, does Doogie? Do you think Doogie plows it? Well, he's a he's a homosexual man, so I'm not sure if he's a top or bottom. We can research that, I guess. He strikes me as a. Don't they usually switch it up? No, you'd be surprised. Chuck knows a lot about this. I mean, I've heard I've heard things. <laughs> I've heard things. You can be up top. You can be a bottom. You can be a power bottom. Where you generate? Where, where, where all the you're power. generating all the thrust. You generate the thrust with your hips. Yeah. Uh, I see. Interesting. <laughs> It's, and tempo is, is a thing. Tempo has everything to do with it. Tempo does have everything to do with it. You ever been uh, getting um, in cowgirl, getting rode, and like just something throws the tempo off? You're getting ready to blast, and yeah, then, it's the it just goes completely away. Yeah, it's, it's terrible. The tingle man. And then you beat the shit out of her, and <laughs> then then that erection you just kabow. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is, I need a girl that can take a punch. Yeah, there's not enough. There's not enough like good like. MMA girls around here. I'd say there's probably none. I, no, I bet that there are. They just don't know it. Like it's like mu- like muscled up girls who you know live up the holler, love to fight. That would be really good at MMA. Sure, but they just don't know that that's their calling. We, yet. we had a couple of those <clears throat> up Somerville. There's a girl that was a year behind me. She's an MMA fighter now, but like on an extremely small scale, like shows in Somerville and stuff. Which if they ever have one up there again, I, de- I definitely want to go. Because the first two I went to were a lot of fun. <laughs> it's not like going to a pro wrestling show, except for the, the fights are real. Yeah, that sounds cool. And they serve uh, copious amounts of alcohol. I don't think that there's a single martial arts dojo in Somersville of any kind. I don't think there is. Not fucking one. You'd think that there, that somebody would want to expand there, because it is a pretty decent little town. I mean, as big as jiu-jitsu is right now... As big as MMA is right now, you'd think there'd be something. I mean, when I was a kid, there were two or three karate dojos in Golly Bridge at any given time. In Golly Bridge? Yes. Odd. They would be like the, the middle school and the elementary school would both have a different have a dojo in them, at least. And there, then there was one like in one of the storefronts there for quite a while, too. Just in Golly Bridge. That's not talking about... I always wanted to do it, but... I'm really fucking high. <laughs> it all kicked in at once. Yeah. I always want to do it. But, but we're talking about the 90s. We're talking about um, post-Karate Kid, 
You know, they were still making Rocky movies. Yeah. This shit popped up. Um, martial arts movies were still popular, like Van Damme movies mm-hmm. and Steven Seagal movies and shit like that was still a thing. Well, it's coming. It's not maybe not the movies, but they're... The popularity is coming back with the popularity of UFC. Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. How does Summers, a place as big as Summersville, I mean, Oak Hill has a few, yeah, dojos. How does Summersville, as much being as, as I big drive as it around, is, I drive around. I've I've been on every fucking dirt road in Southern West Virginia, pretty much, and hell, Charleston, South Charleston, that whole area. Like, of course, there's Butch Hiles, which is everything, and it's big and giant, but like. I was somewhere, and there was just like a little taekwondo school right there, and it seemed to be doing okay. <laughs> yeah, there's all kinds of options, and so, especially well, um, like St. Albans, uh, South Charleston, Milton. That whole west, western yep. Charleston area mm-hmm. was has always been a big karate uh, spot. We used to actually go and travel and visit dojos there just to spar with different people. Oh, that's cool. He yeah. actually has ADCC tournaments, which has has like a. A state championship tournament, and they usually do it on Magic Island mm-hmm. for um, jujitsu. I'd like to go to that one time, but I don't know how how entertained I would be by it. I've been I've been watching some jujitsu matches on uh, you know just on YouTube and stuff. Yeah, I guess because especially if you know what you're looking at, then it can because oh, yeah, oh what he needs to do is this or this. If right. you're trying to learn jujitsu, if you're into that <coughs> that element, or you're just into grappling, it it can be entertaining, but it's not the same as a as a, a mixed martial fight, arts yeah. where there's striking and it's you know you know it could be all ended with one punch at any given time that's that's a different kind of excitement right yeah. there we haven't uh, had done the show since uh, the the big fights there last oh, weekend did you watch did you watch bellator last weekend i watched did i watch friday night no, I did not watch Friday night because I was Friday night wrestling. M- Mitrione and Bader, Bader mopped the floor with. Him. That's what I heard. Absolutely dominated him. Like he didn't, he had nothing for him. And then, and then, uh, then I, I did watch Saturdays. Yeah, and then, then uh, Fedor, Vincent Henderson looked pretty good. Fedor made Chael look like a little kid. Chael, well, he, Chael shot in for the double, and, and Fedor just fucking threw judo. He did take him down a couple times. Yeah, but 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 he had him. He had him in full mount. Chael had Fedor in full mount. And Fedor just flipped him over and reversed it into guard well, like it was think, nothing. You think about that. Chael fought at 185 in his prime. Yeah, he's not a heavyweight. <laughs> no, he's like, he, was, he was a little chubby. Did, you, a did you see his post-fight interview? Uh, I, I fought in th- don't, tell, don't tell me I'm not the best pound-for-pound fighter in the world. I fought in three different weight classes. All these other chickens out here won't even try it. Oh, you see, well, he said... Um, he said so the, people talk about the best pound for pound, but nobody will. But no one's. There's only one person who's the best pound for pound who's actually done it and fought in all the different weight classes. He's won two fights at heavyweight. That's he's fought for what f- f- six different world championships in yeah. different weight classes. Never won a one. Three different weight classes. <laughs> Never won. Lost everyone. He's, got, he's run. I think he won the WEC 185 pound. Did he get a world championship? I think he won the WEC before they got bought out by UFC. Oh, okay, but um. The whole Connor thing, Connor. Yeah, we didn't talk about that. Getting did we? whooped. Uh, yeah, he got whooped. He no, did not. He he wasn't looking good. No, I mean uh, that footage I saw. Their, and their their strategy was fucking stupid. Connor's. Yeah, Kavanaugh on his. I don't str- know what it was their, exactly. Their strategy, I, I mean, I listened to him on Rogan. But. Well, their strategy was to to try to make Khabib t- to try to just what. Be taken down the first two rounds and just and just rest. Just try not to get damaged. If, yeah, and see if Khabib will get tired like he did against Ally Aquinta, and then start throwing the shots. 
and when you're Conor McGregor and you're notorious notorious for getting tired and you're facing Khabib Nurmagomedov, I'm sorry, that's a fucking it's stupid a strategy. Bad. Yeah, he, they should have just bulked him up and made him as big and as strong as possible and tried to knock him out in the first right. two rounds. Like, like he always wins. And then, of course, the aftermath of the fight. He always loses because he gets tired, and he always wins because he knocks him out in the first or second round. Why would you change that formula? <laughs> yeah, the only decision he's won, I guess, was he he won one a decision against Holloway in his early UFC career. And he won the one against Nate, which I mm, yeah, it was it was. That, ra- I think that should have been a draw. It was razor thin, yeah. Mm. But um, the aftermath of the fight, I've thought about it, went back and forth, and um, you don't fuck around with Russians like that, man. Connor kept Connor did say between rounds one time, it's just business, man. Oh, just business, yes, yes, business. Like Rogan said that Khabib had him had him down and was punching him. We can talk now, and he was beating the shit out of him. We can talk. Oh, now. he was talking. To now him. we talk. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, I love how the Russian. You know, it's always like they're it's a Russian mobster. Like whatever. It's, I mean, because they 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 it's have the, a very it's the, it's the broken English. Yeah, thing. very aggressive and menacing. Like, but also somewhat calm. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like in stoic, uh, almost like in. Uh, the equalizer. Yeah. When he's talking shit to, he didn't know he was talking shit to, but he was, he's like fucking Americans come in here with your money and you think, and then he, he, all of them were just, they're just very menacing people, you know? Yeah. That's it's, a, it's a, it's a harsh culture. It could be, I mean, well, it's, well, it's like it, the sun shines 15 minutes there a year or something. <laughs> well, Jesus and they're, Christ. and they're descended from Vikings. And, you know, that's some, that's weird. I mean, that is something I've never really studied is Russian history. I, I would like to know how all those groups of people became the Russians. It's amazing. About it's it. amazing how few Americans know anything about Russian history, myself included, even though it's like even the biggest country. Yeah. On the land, planet. Landmass wise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Khabib, uh, he's 30. So he's old enough. He was just born whenever, like, communism fell. Yeah. So his parents experienced full-blown motherfucking communism. Oh, yeah. And all of his teammates. And and this motherfucker did, does not play. In the post-fight uh, press conference, he goes, why, why do people make big deal about me jumping, jumping the cage and attacking... You don't talk about my religion, my country. You, you, he talked about his religion? Yeah. Oh, he's a Muslim. What did he say? Oh, is he? It's, yeah. it's Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah. He's gonna, he he's talked gonna, about everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Conor McGregor looked up all kinds of shit about him that he I He talked about, about like, oh, his, maybe you shouldn't say K- that. Khabib's <laughs> manager is this, basically, he's a terrorist and a terrorist snitch. He literally is. And, and Connor, worse. and Connor talked about his son, his estranged son. He said, How's Noah? He was screaming, oh, How's what? Noah? At this ex terrorist in the press conference, screaming at you him. You fucking idiot. It, and, yeah, his, his manager was a, he was a terrorist and then he got caught. And he rolled on him, which is worse. Well, he snitch. He, he got hired. I by, think it's equal. Yeah, he got he got brought into the CIA to roll, but then the CIA expected that he was still playing both sides. Yeah, and somehow he's still walking the streets and manages like a hundred uh, UFC fighters. But he's supposedly like a really nice, great guy and a really good manager. <laughs> aside from that, honestly, I mean, aside from all the death, as, they as a UFC manager, he's supposedly a great guy. Yeah, yeah. They wouldn't sign with him. I mean, there's there's other options out there, so he must be pretty good. Like all kinds of greats are with him. Yeah, I don't even know which I can't rattle I mean, him off. But. If I know his name and I can't really pronounce it right now, but if, if I know it's who Ali, he is, you're Ali a good something. You're a good manager. I've, I've known maybe two other managers of anybody. All right. Yeah, you don't you don't get a hundred people. And at that level, managing them, unless you're good at what you do. You know who the best manager is? 
Jim Cornette. Apollo, uh, well, Apollo Creed. Poly, poly dangerously. <laughs> Jim Cornette. <laughs> it's, it's Jim no, Cornette. it's Apollo, Apollo Creed. Yeah. And then he died. Yeah. It was. But, um, and now, like, and now Connor wants a rematch. Of course. Which he will get eventually if he wins some fights. If Khabib doesn't. You know, like leave the U.S. You know, leave which he might because he's threatening to do that because they he should. When when one of the guys jumped in the ring, with two several guys did. Some people that were on Khabib's team jumped in the ring, attacked Connor, or Connor punched one of them, and then they attacked. Whatever happened, yeah, Connor was getting ready. They to go. came into the ring and attacked him while his back was turned. Right, and they were UFC fighter. One of them was UFC fighter. They and then Dana fired him. So Khabib says, "If you fire him, then I won't fight for the UFC ever again. Keep my two million dollars." Damn. Yeah, he doesn't need it. I mean... He doesn't... I mean... He'll get it. Well, they're not going to fire him and then because Khabib, he has a contract and he can't fight anywhere and now else. Now Khabib's <laughs> challenging Floyd Mayweather. To what? In a boxing match, he will he will murder Khabib, but in the in in anything MMA else, fight, yeah. he could take his pants off and fuck him if he wanted to. There wouldn't be anything he <laughs> yeah. could do about it. No, yeah. Floyd's not a power puncher. He's not going to knock Khabib out. Khabib no. will fuck him. Oh, he'll just... Khabib will fuck him up the ass any way he wants to. But in a boxing match, it's the other way around. So what, what's the, I don't even understand the point of that. Like, <laughs> just money generating. Yeah, yeah. That's just like getting some hype. Yeah, because yeah, he can fight. It's professional wrestling. He doesn't need anybody's permission to fight uh, boxing because it's a different sport. He's right? kind of, he's just making he's signaling to the UFC. Look, there's other games in town. You know what I mean? To me, the he's highlight- playing the game. He's playing the game harder than his a little harder than his clout because Dana doesn't give a shit about Khabib. No. Yeah. His well, fights are he, He's not an exciting fighter He's no. I do he's not, not find his great. fights boring But a lot of no, people do No it's not about What you and I like Because we actually Like the sport It's about what All the people that, that don't normally Buy the pay-per-views right. like Yeah And they like People like Connor I love Connor too I like it all oh, I, I do too I like the pro wrestling Aspect of it Where he's a big Larger than life character Type Oh dude. it just makes it So much more exciting The, yeah. the electricity Because you know That They're actually mad yeah, uh, the, the guy that he's fighting actually hates him. Connor could give a shit one way or the other about yeah. him. It's like, yeah, I need a good foil. I need a good. I need a good opponent. And you just want, yeah, and you want to see did he get in this guy's head? How much he, did he get in this? And he did, head? but not in the way he wanted to. No, no, he got in his head, but it wasn't. It wasn't great. No, yeah, uh, Khabib definitely lost control after the fight, and that oh, was yeah. that was because of the shit talk. But yeah. he had a fucking point. All the shit that Connor's been on, been able to get away with. Like the the dolly throwing the dolly at the bus, um, the yeah. bottle fight. Oh shit! Uh, yeah, jumping into the Bellator uh, yeah. ring and Connor smacking somebody. A, Connor gets a slap on the wrist and a fine, and he's walking well, the street. He, he probably lost a couple, a few million dollars for the dolly thing. Well, because he's he's getting sued by. But that's a slap on the wrist, considering that he should have been fired. Yeah, you should, but you can't fire him because they don't get fired and fight somewhere else. Or, or <laughs> you'll you'll or you'll stop getting the biggest pay per views that your company has ever. Yeah. God, you know, he, he makes more money for them than anybody else, everybody else combined, so. All right, my highlight of the night was uh, my good friend here. Oh, God. This is fantastic. I've not even watched this. I've seen you post stuff about it. And he's my favorite right now. This isn't the sense he, version, he, wait, you, I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Did you hear the... Uh, the um, sound effect. No, the uh, this guy. Put your pants back on. <laughs> I'm here with the winner, Derek Lewis. Derek, why'd you take your pants off? It, my balls was hot. <laughs> I understand. <laughs> I love that. I understand. Well, you just did. 
was absolutely phenomenal. That was an incredible comeback victory, and it, it shows one of the reasons why people love to watch you fight, that you can put it all to bed with one shot. I told them, boys, I got number of heart. You know, they keep underestimating me. I ain't all that technical and all that, but I'm getting there. No one will question your heart <laughs> saying, nigga? after this. No, he's this saying, is a come from behind knockout, the likes that we haven't seen in a long time. And you were looking for that big haymaker all night. You found it in the last minute of the fight. I forgot a few hours before the fight. This is it. Donald Trump called me and told me I got knocked this Russian out because they're making him look bad on the news. You know, him and Putin. They talking about USA and this whole. <laughs> Listen, Derek, you came in this fight, the number two contender no. with that knockout. You're absolutely one of the top guys in line for a shot at the title next. So tell us what you think about that. I need to sit my black ass down and do some more cardio. What you talking about right now? I'm no gas tank like that. <laughs> you want the most you're funny when you can make a 30-year comedian laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and thank you very much for a really, really entertaining fight. Thanks for having me. But uh, he sounds like Billy Walt, my buddy Billy. He um, and he's he, the whole thing he just said about not wanting a title shot right now. Two days later, he gets offered a title shot for the very next pay per view, <laughs> <laughs> and he's got to take it. Yeah. He's going to fight uh, DC, and it's not going to go very well for well, him. But. It's just the pay-per-view dollars, even if you're just planning to get your ass beat. Because I think he made, uh, for this fight last week, I think he made about 220 to show, 220 to win. And then pay-per-view bonus was... Well, I don't think he gets a pay-per... The main event gets pay-per-view bonus. Only the main event gets it? Some of them, some of them don't. Well, but he will for the next one. Oh, yeah, he will. he'll be in the main event for this one, so... He'll he'll probably get four hundred to show, four hundred to win in pay per view bonus. That's probably what he'll get for a title fight. It'll probably be close to a million or more. Yeah, where are you going, buddy? I'm gonna go to grab my uh, protein drink. Your butthole. Yeah, my butthole. But yeah, I mean, it's weird that he didn't get like a medical suspension because he took a hundred and some shots in that fight. I guess the doctors cleared him. Or I mean, he's got a big old head, big old noggin. He didn't take a lot of damage, you know, visibly. But yeah, he he shouldn't be fighting Daniel Cormier a month after that performance. But I'm very excited to watch it, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, of course. But there's so many other people. Well, he even, he even admitted, he said, I think Stipe, did you see that? And he said, I think Stipe deserves a rematch more than I deserve a title shot. I think they should have given it to Stipe. But uh, Stipe's not. He's not money. He's not. He doesn't have the buzz because of that interview. Yeah, that's well, why. all this shit, like uh, they said on Rogan's podcast that after he shouted out his Instagram on the pay-per-view, he shot up to like 1.7 million followers after, yeah. from like 250,000 or something. Because of that interview. Because that post-fight interview went viral and that basically got him the title shot, It's my opinion. Because he wasn't... He wasn't yeah, he's got he's got one point three million. And they said it was around five hundred thousand followers before that. Yeah, more that's than, fucking insane. So he more than doubled in popularity because of that one interview, that one fight. Yeah, and so now he's getting title shot. But God, wouldn't that be great if he beat if he if Lewis beats? Oh God, Cormier. It'd be just like remember how excited we were when Bisping knocked out uh, 
knocked out Luke Rockhold and yeah. won the title. Yeah. That's how excited I would be for, <laughs> for Derek Lewis to, to fucking... And I love DC. I think he's oh. great. Oh, yeah. No, I don't want him to lose, but it would just be such... Just a, having that guy as such a champion? A, such an underdog. <laughs> yeah, such a huge underdog. That would be... I'll be right back. I'm petting the dog. I don't know if you, you I don't know if you saw the uh, any of the highlights of the fight, but most of it was Derek Lewis getting beat up until he didn't. Just being tired, <laughs> being tired, getting punched, put, you know, covering up and getting punched, and then throwing two shots. Yeah, like building up energy and throwing throwing a haymaker every every thirty seconds is basically what it so is. it's George Foreman fighting essentially, and he and he would get he was getting tuned up pretty good. He got he almost got knocked down, almost got not almost got stoppage one time, but. Then in, then when the time came, that big old fucking soup bone right hand, <laughs> soup maybe thirty seconds left in the fight. Thirty or seconds left in the fight, and and uh, <laughs> uh, whatever Vol- Volkov went to throw a kick, and he just stopped him with his left hand and came in with the right, and it was just picture perfect. The same shot, he, the same shot he'd been throwing all night and missing, connected at the last thirty seconds, and. And it's we went to absolutely crazy. <laughs> it would have been it was it have been like if I'd just won the fucking lottery or something. <laughs> Not like a big lottery, but like a hundred thousand dollars on fuck. Yeah. But yeah, we went absolutely. We're going to Florida. <laughs> We're going to a casino, see how much of this we can lose. Mm-hmm. But um also there's there's previous beef between I had a challenge in the back. Derek Lewis in DC Lewis told me he was gonna cut me out right before we walked out of here. <laughs> About so, it's over chicken. What's your issue with Daniel? I want to know too. He disrespect that Popeye's chicken on a commercial for you. <laughs> you say disrespected Popeye's chicken. So I mean, this is a deep seated rivalry that we're going to get to see. Insulting Popeye's fried yeah. chicken. He said he said he was going to. He told Cormier in the dressing room he was going to knock a, knock him out, and that he was a small heavyweight. And uh, and Cormier's like, well, well, I don't know why wh- why he doesn't like me. What is, what have I done to him? <laughs> he disrespected Popeye's chicken. You ever had Popeye's fried Popeye's chicken? Popeye's chicken is amazing. Uh, it's not. I liked it. Not, I've only had KFC's it once. KFC's the best. I'm sorry. You're probably right. But Bojangles um, is not bad either. I like Bojangles. I like their biscuits. Mm-hmm. It's a little, They have a little bit of spice to it. That's what I like, Bojangles. Their skin is a little bit crispier. Well, how do you feel... Me and John actually have talked about this in the last week and a half. I think we talked about it on fr- when we, the day before the day we recorded last week's podcast. Uh, original or extra crispy? Original. Mm. Yeah, down I, the line. I mean, I, yeah. I if I order a bucket, I'll have a mix and match. I because I, I do like the extra crispy, but I like the original more. It's like tomorrow I'm going to go grocery shopping, and every time I go, I come home, I go through and get the ten dollar. The box of fried chicken. The well, the the ten dollar bucket of dark meat. Fuck yeah! And if I don't discipline myself, I'll sit down and eat that whole goddamn bucket. Because that's how good that fucking chicken is. Thighs and leg. Oh man, I gotta stop. I fucking. <laughs> I've, Take a cold I, shower. I, you know the uh, the the fried chicken thing you can get from Walmart or um, mm-hmm. Kroger. Kroger. Kroger's is better. Kroger's actually had pretty good chicken. Um, I've I've got that. Like, yeah, I'll have some for lunch and I'll have some for dinner. And like, sit down and eat the whole fucking nope, thing. Nope, all gone. Thank yeah. you. Have a nice day. It's really fucking good. Fried chicken is like, it's pretty miraculous. Yeah, it's great. It's a gift from God. I think it's among uh, the best things on earth. I, I think I like my mom's fried chicken the best. Although I did, uh, one of my friends, Will, whenever I lived in Charleston, he's from Mississippi, and he's a black guy. 
and I said, I know this is going to sound terrible and, and like maybe even racist. I don't know, but you're a Southern black man. Whenever you come back, will you please bring me some of your mother's fried chicken? Cause I just want to know what real Southern black person fried chicken is. <laughs> and it was fucking so good. And it had traveled all the way from Mississippi back up to One here. One of the worst experiences I've ever had with fried chicken though is me and my buddy Matt, who is also a black guy. Congratulations. Hey, hey, we have black multi- friends. Multicultural. <laughs> down the line. Um, no, we stopped and, uh, we had a love. Like we would, there was a KFC and we'd hit that motherfucker up. We like, we're going to go get some KFC. So one day they opened a cruisers fried chicken, like in town. Cruisers? Yeah. And we went through. It was dog shit. It was so bad. You couldn't even finish it. How bad do you have to fuck up fried chicken that I'm not going to finish it? You know what I mean? It's like bad. I mean, it's like pizza. Even bad pizza is pretty good. Exactly. This was no good. Really? Oh, it's terrible. It's disappointing. We were both looked at each other. We were like, what the fuck is this? I can't. I'm trying you know? to think of some t- sometime where something's been built up and I'm just completely disappointed, like food wise. Um, I don't remember. I can't remember. Like the fucking the big and tasty at McDonald's. <sighs> it's okay, I guess. I don't know. Why are we making a big deal out of this? The stuffed crust pizza. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's not. If you got if you get the garlic sauce and um, the marinara and mix it together, it makes for a pretty good time. Oh, neat. Well, we got to go to pizza when we get done with this. You're, you're not. You're um. <laughs> so you're trying to mix two things, right? Because with the stuffed crust pizzas, you've got the pizza element that needs to be baked and treated a certain way, and then right. you've got what's basically a cheese filled breadstick. Sure. That needs a separate treatment for mm-hmm. it to be an optimal product. So you'd almost need to you'd almost need to bake them separately yes. and then and then attach them somehow. You know what I mean? Because that's a, yeah, they yeah. need different treatment in the oven, right? And so that's that's the that's why the stuffed crust is never going to live up to what it looks like in the picture. I've had good stuffed crust where I've, the, yeah, I've had where, great ones. yeah, and some a lot of them just didn't. But but you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's just something about the way. Sure, uh, one's going to rise. Like, one's like gonna Gino's end. like Gino's cheese bread sticks. Oh, those are those oh, are the god. Those are the best things on earth. Yes, they're amazing. Right, you can't you couldn't you couldn't mix that with a pizza. And have the same, you know what I mean? Have it turned out, you know, have those two things on the same piece of dough. Right, right? here's something have for it you to try. Right. Um, you, you get a, you just order a pizza from Gino's and you tell them to to swipe the uh, garlic sauce that they put on the the breadsticks on top of the pizza. The whole Whenever pizza? It's done bacon, yeah. That is a motherfucker right there, son. You ever had a Chicago pizza? Oh, like, like deep, a deep, deep dish? dish? Uh, like, I'm talking, it's thick. It's almost like a lasagna. Yeah. It's the casserole where they where they crack an egg in the middle of it. It's like like one that would like a like a nine inch pizza would feed like eight people or something. Well, <laughs> it's like two of us. They make <laughs> they make them. <laughs> I think it's you can get them at Walmart in the freezer section. They're called Geno's. They're about this big. Yeah, and they're deep little deep dish pizzas. Mm. They're pretty good. There's a place they're not amazing in Ohio called Pizza Popolis. and Pizza they Popolis. oh god, that shit was fucking amazing. Pizza up in Ohio is a thing. Like their their food is dog shit, but their pizza is good. What's well, like <laughs> I mean, an, another thing I've noticed? Like if you go North Carolina, come on and raise their pizza is jack shit compared yeah. to West Virginia pizza. Yeah, West Virginia has high standards for pizza. Especially if you go to a place like Morgantown. Oh yeah, there's like twenty pizza joints. And well, this, the, and what's your favorite? They're always one? opening and closing because there's so much pizza competition. The barbecue in Carolina sucks too. It's that vinegar based barbecue. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Oh yeah, mustard and vinegar. Yeah, it's gross. My, my favorite what? Pizza place in Morgantown. 
Well, there were so many that opened and closed. Casa's my favorite because that one's the most consistent and it was always open. Yeah. <laughs> I might I might agree with you, actually. If you, if you go to Casa and you don't just get a slice like in the drunk line, yeah. you order a pizza and they make it like a New York-style thin crust pizza. Nice and crispy. It's pretty hard to fucking beat. I'm as good as Frank's probably, maybe even better. I don't know, man. It's been so long since I've had it. They're both on. They're both on the level for sure. But Frank's is also fabulous if you get it fresh like that and you sit down. You know, Where's, what are some of the other pizza joints up there? There was it, there was cost there was um Casa de Amici, of course. Uh, there was a P- Pizzeria Italia, I think it was think that, that was down uh, Saberton, I think that one was another classic New York, similar, same style. Old dude had it ran it for. Decades or whatever type deal, and that that was the real shit as well. But there's also all kinds of other pizzas, like like thicker crust pizzas. Like there was a place called Gumby's. Um, there was like CC's. There was there, I mean there was all kinds of different pizza joints. It's, Sandwich it's, you, and none of them were bad. Yeah, there's no such thing as bad pizza. No, there's um, DP Dough. Remember DP Dough? DP Dough. I, you ever had DP Dough? Mm-mm. I was never impressed by DP Dough. I only ate there maybe two or three times, and they they closed down. I, I really they closed down. Oh, years ago. Really? Over a decade ago. Yeah, DP Dough's been gone for a long time. Oh my god. They were they were twelve all night years fucking, ago. Um, all night fucking uh, calzone place. Oh shit! Just crazy. But I the, loved it. The, the thing that, that was great about it is number one, they delivered, and number two, they were open all night long when everything else was closed and everyone's drunk. And they delivered all night. And they long. delivered. Oh shit. <laughs> So whoever the delivery driver was bringing one fuck one or two fucking calzones to somebody way out up on a hill, and de- delivering delivering in Morgantown must have been fucking oh yeah shit cause job. It's, everything mm. is uphill. Everything everything's uphill. It's impossible to find everything. There's no grids. Uh, nobody can drive. There's drunk drivers yeah. everywhere. There's people <laughs> in the fucking street. There's naked girls everywhere. <laughs> I mean, it's just everybody's an asshole because everybody's <laughs> drunk. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'd rather die. We'd fucking. Uh, me and my buddies, we'd order like 10 just to give them incentive. Like, because <laughs> it was, yeah, it was five of us. We'd order 10 and then we'd all have one for breakfast in the morning. Oh, yeah. I would probably go ahead and eat my other one too. Because <laughs> that's just how, I, yeah. Oh, I know. Pro- probably the best pizza place when I was there, my favorite was um, New Day Bakery. There was an old, there was an old house in South Park that they made into, they had like a giant brick oven and they did like artesian bread and they started doing pizza. And um, th- that pizza was phenomenal. It was right across the street from my from my apartment. What the one you share with Brad? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, no, no. The one he he lived next door to me after we moved out with each other. He moved like, like we lived together for six years, and then I went and found a new apartment. Yeah, and then he went and found another apartment right next door to mine. <laughs> and, lived there for, and we lived there for another three years. Now you guys did. We but, lived but, in Star City and lived right across from the hot dog. Yeah, store. hometown hot dogs. We lived together, and then. But the funny thing is, when when um when he moved right next door to me, we like almost never saw each other. Really? <laughs> I would just like I would see him come in and go in, or I'd go over there. He was and say hi, and he would just be like, like I'd have to clear stuff off the seat so I'd have a place to sit. He's watching The Simpsons. And yeah, he'd be like, "Okay, <laughs> when are you going to leave?" You know, he just, he wasn't interested. He was just not interested in socializing. No, after, I think after, the last time I saw after him a certain was my point. wedding. I yeah. I think everybody came to my wedding, like all the whole crew. And, uh, that, that's the last time I saw Bradley. I haven't seen him in quite a while myself. I haven't seen um, my, my dad in like eight years. Damn. Yeah. 
You want to go see him tonight? Let's get a shovel. You know anybody with a backhoe? That's what I was going to say. I'd rather, <laughs> if we're going to get it done tonight, we need some some bigger muscle than the shovel. <laughs> um, no, I look at my brother. I haven't seen him in months. I'm just not the type of person to. My sister I haven't seen in two years. Or my nieces. Well. So, what? Well, I mean, my does brother Ben, like, they haven't came and seen no, me either, no, you know? It doesn't make you an asshole. It's just adult life. That's just way Some it families is. are just not, not every family is all close knit and all like Hispanic about but shit. I, I, <laughs> but I, I have to tell you, though, the families that are, that are close knit, and uh, I'm kind of in awe of them. Like when it's cool, close knit, and not. You know, when everybody's cool, you know, you're, you're not a... Not mandatory close-knit? Well, no, not that. If they're cool people and not jerk-offs, then it's cool. You know what I mean? Because you have just jerk-off families. I mean, that's that's a staple. My, you know... We get together and treat each other. We get, you're, we try, all, you're trying not to name a name? We all get together. Yeah. We all get together uh, traditionally and treat each, other, treat, treat each other like shit. Write the name here. And call it a family. Brother's wife. Ah, uh, okay. I don't their know. family are jerk offs, and they're tight, and they're close knit, and they're impossible to fucking deal with. And they just fight. And oh get together God! And are fight. you fucking kidding me? Yes, that is their whole. That's their bread and butter. And then, but you got you know you, if, I don't know if you spend time around like you know his, his Latin Mexican families or a lot of Hispanic families where your whole life it's all about family. That's, oh yeah, that's what the yeah. culture is. And they get together and it's just Appalachian. It's just food and, and peace and love yeah. and um, Oh yeah, there I mean Appalachian culture is very similar to some yeah, of us. It really Latino is. Culture. A lot of I mean like uh you don't know how many people I know like they they grow up and then their dad has like 100 acres and then their dad the guy's dad marks off a, like 10 acres for his son and they mm-hmm. build a house right there on the same property. There's a lot of people to do that. Yeah. And I don't blame them. It's free yeah, land. There's like whole hollers that are yeah. like 90% one family. Oh, yeah. And, right. and the name of the holler is the name of the family that lives up there. That's, that's my house. Spear and Holler right right at my place. Keenan. Keenan Holler. They're all Spearns. There's Keenan Branch Road on Route 39. Mm-hmm. A lot of Keenan's up Somerville. Yeah. Fucking. I'd say my family is close-knit, but we... We we're like okay, but you haven't spoken to him in two years. <laughs> no, I see my mom every week, right? But like, we're just, my sister texts me, my brother texts me every now and then. They're like, we're not like going to get dinner, like right? I mean, my sister lives in Kentucky. Well, see, that's it's like thing. six hours. Yeah, away. when you're far flung, like my brother Bradley's in Alabama now. Alabama man, <laughs> he's a man, man, man. He's Alabama man, he's strong, he's action tough. <laughs> Bitch, I told you to shut up. Hit, hit her in the head, face with that, with the bowling ball, with the action button. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Ben is in Chicago, so Chicago. I need to go to Chicago. Like I've been to the outskirts of Chicago, and it was. Gorgeous. I bet that there's a it. lot of people in concrete there, like lots. Have you ever seen a lot of people in concrete in one place? It sucks. Well, yeah. I mean, mean people in concrete, like... uh, Like just people in concrete? Like like Like, people in concrete. I thought you said people in concrete. Like like mob hits. Yeah, I was like, well, there's that too. I'm sure there's some of that. Yeah. That wasn't... I I, I was mumbling or something. (laughs) People and concrete. Just let's let's put as much concrete and pack as many fucking people into this square four miles as possible. Sure. What a great fucking idea. (laughs) What a good design. I'm, I'm taking it you're not a fan. I just think, I just, you know, I mean, I like visiting cities and I appreciate the, the energy mm-hmm. and all the opportunities and the, 
the things happening in the culture and all that horse shit. I appreciate it. Like it doesn't sound like he appreciates no, it. No, I do. All. I appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> but the idea of living that way oh, in perpetuity. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and it's just, I think it's insane. I think those people are fucking insane. Well, Patton Oswalt was talking about being. Uh, he's from Northern Virginia, and he lived in New York, and he said he fucking hated it because it's. He says the only reason they want you there is you're another body between them and the spray of shit that's coming their way all the time. <laughs> and then he goes to tell the story about how he was walking his dog in an old subway tunnel, and he interrupted one homeless guy giving another guy a blowjob. Oh, yeah, I remember And that. then his dog was taking a shit, and one of them said, Nice! <laughs> and then he was like, You're getting ready to blow this guy in a fucking subway tunnel. And because my dog takes a shit, my, my well-mannered dog takes a shit, and I pick it up, I'm a bad person. <laughs> and then he went on to tell the, tell the story from that guy's point of view later. He's like, you know, I was that guy's bad day later. He's like, yeah, I was standing there with blue nipples. trying to. I was going to give him a, a blowjob, one of my patented uh, dry socket blowjobs. And uh, <laughs> here comes this well-dressed guy, and his well-behaved dog takes a shit. <laughs> He's it's like, I'm, I'm trying to breathe. Here, this already stale air, and suck this stale dick. Yes, I don't need dog shit smell on top. Exactly. Of that. Yeah, I mean, like with the smell of the dog shit, like that's just too much. Smell is half of taste, so his dick kind of tastes like shit now. It sucks. <laughs> couldn't you shit? Couldn't dance. your dog shit away from my blowjob? <laughs> Jesus Christ! Have some consideration. No, he was talking about how he he liked. Uh, I think he liked L.A. and L.A. is a little more spread out, so there's a more a little bit more green space there. You can. I think I'd like around. Northern California better. As long as it's not Oakland or San Francisco would be okay. You have to almost have to be a millionaire to afford a one-bedroom apartment there. Well, that's, sure. That's, that's pretty much all of those places. I mean, the cost of living in those places compared, to what, compared in, to what we're used to the, here, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's sure. absurd. In and Silicon you know Valley. that's going to come here eventually, though, right? West Virginia will eventually be developed. That's just... It will happen. Gentrified. Not in our lifetimes. No, but it will happen. <laughs> Why? What, 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 what do we have we have resources. We have. <laughs> We're not developed yet. We're not developed yet. Lots of land. It's the same it's reason. Cheap. It's the same reason why you buy. Why it's a good idea to have uh, <clears throat> to have investments in emerging markets. Mm-hmm. Emerging markets being like China, India, Malaysia. You know, developing countries because there's more upside. Sure. They're all. You know, they're so poor that there's only uh, they can only go only, down only so go up yeah, yeah they're pretty much and and the, the the amount of up that they can go being underdeveloped is much higher right. than a place like here where we're already one of the richest countries in the world we can't get much richer so what are we going to do like with the all the poor people that are here <laughs> they will be pushed out like uh when sort of like in brooklyn well in brooklyn and then you know when the, uh, they they took over uh, hell's kitchen and they pushed out all the poor irish and, and push them to other places, and you know, like they do in places like Southie when they reclaim something. I think and, that you know, I think that West Virginia. And I've ta- maybe I've talked about this on the show, but one idea I have for revitalization of West Virginia's economy is you take all these you take all these big tracts of land, right? That, that absentee landowners have like hundreds and hundreds of acres, and they just own it and wait for someone to come buy it for it to be mined or logged. Mm-hmm. It's just an investment property, and now it's all owned by out of state motherfuckers. You know. And they never, they're absentee landowners. They don't give a shit about it. We should no, seize yeah. it with force. Well, no, no. I, mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing. See, see, my principles prevent me from, from actually having this position. But you want to. But do that. if, <laughs> if I was an, author, an authoritarian psychopath like every single other leftist I know, 
my my position would be um if you you know you have to be a resident a legitimate resident of the state to own the property and if if you don't then we buy the land from you and then the land becomes a chunk of it becomes has a development for retirees because a lot of people want to come to West Virginia to retire the cost of living is low and that would create a lot of jobs for things like retirement homes, people that do cleaning services, services, CNAs. services, hospitals, mm-hmm. services that old people need. That's why one of the reasons why Florida is so rich. All the old people speakers. go down. Right. Old people with money should be moving here, living here, and let all the the workforce take care of them and grow our our economies, and and then use that land base for for the things like logging, mining, and farming as a way of subsidizing the cost for. You know, either for the, the the people who who own who are part of the community, sort of like a gated community where you buy the community, and then it's kind of like sectioned off. Like there's the old people's place, then there's uh, zones that you know there's a, there's a place that's just reserved for hunting. There's a place right. that's for for logging. Uh, you know what I mean? And 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 kind of zone it off that way, and actually give people an incentive to move here instead of making it impossible for people to start businesses in West Virginia because. Well, being in Fayetteville, and you're close to it, so you're probably there all the time, um, you just see hippies. Hippies create business. Hippies do all kinds of great... I mean, that, that town is booming. It's full of people. Sort of. All the fucking time. Kind of. I mean, this Not time, really? This time of year it is. Yeah. I mean, well, go, of course, winter's going to be a... a, a well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You, you, go from, you go there from, from November till... Uh, the rafting season. And, November to April, right. it's it's pretty... It's like the rest of... You know, it's, it's a little rough. Right. It's a lot nicer, if you ask me. <laughs> Still nicer than the valley. Oh, it, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, like, whenever they're all not there. It's sort of like uh, being in Morgantown when students are out. Absolutely. It's yeah. tremendous. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, but I, like, I like the energy. I like... Because I like things to work out and progress and you know and like economies to work i, I just think it, it for some reason it's always given me a good feel when i see a new business open well you grew up in fucking boomer chuck of course it gives you a good feeling to, to live in a functional economy <laughs> where, we, where we've where got there's, one thing where the there's place where i work a store to go to or an entertainment entertaining right. thing to do but i think if we would if golly bridge especially is ideally suited to to get some of that fayetteville money if they would just develop it properly, but they didn't, they can't. I mean, what they need to do is make Route sixty their toll road. What you need to do is basically just <laughs> just drop a bomb on Golly Bridge and kill all the motherfuckers that have lived there all these years. These, <laughs> these incest inbred ignorant motherfuckers who are who are extremely intolerant to any new blood or any sure. new people. My dad, my dad was a fucking pillar of that community. He lived there, started a business there. Gave endlessly to the town, was a constant charitable person and a pillar of the community there. And they ne- they wouldn't elect him to be mayor, even though he ran multiple times. And they constantly, they always treated him like an outsider because his last name was Morgan. And there was no Morgan parent that lived there before him. Just because he was from Charleston and not from not from there, right? He was ostracized. He was he was not treated. The way, whereas if you're a, a fucking whatever name, I'm not going to name these people's names, but if you have the right last name, oh, you, then you're in, you're in. Keenan. Like Keenan. And, and I'm not dissing those people. But what I am saying is that the only way that that town is going to, will, will be able to have a chance like that is if you remove the old blood and let the new blood I, come in. I don't, I mean, I agree with that somewhat, but I, I think that if there were someone like my papaw, who had a, who was a force of personality and could build the well, that, community. And that was a different time, though. And that, at that time, 
the economy was taken care of. There, there was an economy, right? Mm-hmm. All you had to do was have a town and run it. And there, there were you, you didn't, you didn't, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's not, there's no incentive for anybody to move to Golly Bridge right now. It was before there was mine, there were jobs all around. Well, the I area. mean, and he got, but he got the four lane there. He did all that stuff. So it was. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, I'm not disrespecting your. I know, I know, you're not. I don't think you were. Because that was saying. that was a different time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could put your grandfather and mayor right now. You know it what was, I mean? Yeah, it's not going to change right. the dollars and cents of right. the fact that there's no fucking jobs. But I think it would be slightly better if he was there. I mean, he, he, there's. I well, don't know if he if he was open to the idea, uh, open to new ideas. Well, not working with the rafting companies. Are you fucking kidding me? That's, they had an opportunity to do that, they, and that they and, have an and, opportunity to do that. That's ongoing. They've always had an opportunity. Why are they, they not to doing fucking it? do it? Because they don't like the i. They they don't. With what the reason I'm talking about? They, those aren't their people. The adventure sports aren't their people because it's not. It's not part of their worldhood. You understand? They don't want those dirty hippies coming into our town. We don't want to build a skate park. We don't want kids. It's going to cause. They were going to build a skate park. Oh yeah, Dakota, Dakota Hughes was trying to get a skate park building. He's like, I'll I'll build it myself. I can get it funded. I just need your permission and I need a place to do it. And I'll I'll build it and I'll make a skate park. And they said, Yeah, yes, Jesus Christ. Every single item. My dad had all these ideas for those brick buildings where Butler Video used to mm-hmm. be. Said we're not using them. No one's using them. We're, we're paying to keep them uh, the upkeep on them, and we're not getting a single dollar from them. What we should do is rent those to entrepreneurs for one dollar a month to put a bit as if they will put it and keep a business open in there. You can rent it for one dollar a month and pay that's you, fucking pay brilliant. Your own, pay your own utilities. Just mm-hmm. bring businesses here. No, no. So he they, had a million ideas like that, and they all just no. And I watched this happen for fucking decades. Well, you so my solution, my solution is no. But I talked to my oh, dad. Yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, I knew what was going on. Mm-hmm. I had vague ideas of. And I knew these people personally, and I got the I got mean mugged by them my whole life because of, of who I was. Sure, well, you're the rich boy. I was a Satan worshiper, or whatever, oh, yeah. whatever it was I was. Oh man, I wasn't in. I if wasn't there would have been crowd. a murder in Gully Bridge. That'd have been a Paradise Lost situation. It'd have been you, yeah. Bradley, and your brother. Not Bradley, because of Papal. Oh, okay. Yeah, he would have got off. Yeah, yeah, but Will and I would be in trouble. He would have been the one that actually did it, though. Bradley, he would have gone. But Bradley that's why I say hurt. I don't mean this literally, but just dropping a fucking bomb. You know, the, the, it's just there's there's a culturally ingrained ignorance and um, and just just hate. Like it's just you're absolutely correct. There, there are, now there, there are, are people in Golly Bridge that are amazing mm-hmm. who I love. Like the general populace of people are are mostly really sweet people. Right. But those aren't the people that are they want things to happen. Most of the people that live there want things to happen. So I don't want to bomb them. I'm talking about. The kind of surgical strikes, the ing- like, <laughs> the ingrained, <laughs> the ingrained powers there have just really just choked I've even, that, I've choked even that seen town. Like negativity about the gym being there, like the p- people going there and working out, like they don't want anything good to happen. <laughs> who who want? I don't know. I've just seen like discussions on online, like people they hate it. Like people, who is it that runs the uh, not the gym, but like the whole community center there, like where they have the. They do the concerts I can't every remember. now and then, but like people talking shit about them bringing all these outsiders here, and bringing all these outsiders in. You mean all the people who are actually going to spend money and do nobody something. actually wants to like they they have like a concert there or something every now and then. And I've considered like trying to throw my hat in the ring and run for mayor up there, Charles Keenan again, and but be different than Papa. I'll be like, all right, you got here's, the right what, name. here's what the fuck we're going to do. You know what I mean? Your odds are good just because of your last name, yeah, I know. because of who your grandfather was. So, but I have to live in the town. Yep, you'd have to live in Golly Bridge with all those weirdos. No, that's not true. I, I like I love Golly Bridge. I would have stayed there if I was allowed to farm there, and I had enough land to do it. 
with the setup that I had, I would have stayed. I love Gully Bridge too. Like, like the diner is awesome. All those little the bus. Stop. You can make that into a Fayetteville's type type town. I mean, you, you just, know what I mean? If with, you just if you just yes, get, the bus stop. If you just get rid of all the buildings, just bulldoze the entire town. It's an awesome spot. It's where the golf. I don't the go- know if I agree with that. Not all of them. You don't think that it's awesome that the new that the no, new no, no, and the no, Gully no. Rivers meet in this no, beautiful area where there's no, a fucking rock. I agree rock. with that completely. And I, agree, it, I agree with that. If there completely. was nothing there, it would still be an amazing sure. location. That's I what. It, that's it's a, my, a it's a confluence of three rivers. It's but, a geographically beautiful and amazing place. Yes, it is. Without the town being no, I don't agree, disagree with that. I agree yeah, with that. That's all I'm saying. I'm saying not bulldoze the buildings. Some of those are really beautiful. No, buildings. no, I don't want. I'm just saying if I'm saying if right. you did that spot is still golden. Mm-hmm. Because of those old pictures of Golly Bridge with all the businesses are gorgeous, and then you've you got tell it was gorgeous. And it's a route time. to the, where thirty nine goes to Summersville, so you're connected to Summersville that way. And then sixty goes up to Anstead, and, mm-hmm. and sixteen it's it's ideally suited for something, and then and for then everything. It's at the top of the Canal River Valley, it, it, and that's why it was such a boom town when mm-hmm. there was industry. Right, it logging was, would go all the. Logs. It was a boom town, so. That's over. We got You have to find. Use your brain. Be creative and find other ways to Out, employ. They people. have the kayak. The, the they have the thing now where all these people from all over. And I know people are bitching about this coming for the kayak thing where they go over the falls and stuff. The, there was 150, 200 people there. The Canal River Festival. Yes. The Canal Falls Festival. Yes. Thing. Yeah. Imagine if you had a restaurant there. Exactly. <laughs> well, well, you do. You do. <laughs> Glen Ferris Inn. Glen Ferris Inn. Yeah. But that's only open to a hippie a restaurant. Now. But you can't. But a hippie yeah. restaurant. But if you had like a but that's, station. It's there the same like, thing that Fayetteville struggles with, and people look at Fayetteville and by by comparison, it's like oh, you know, like you're saying, it's just so much more vibrant. Mm-hmm. But it's not without its struggles. I mean, it's hard to keep a business open in Fayetteville from goddamn November until goddamn sure. Mar- through goddamn April or whatever. Oh, oh yeah, unless you're when the, the town dies. There's there's a couple spots there that people travel for, like. Uh, well, they don't really have to travel. Um, the pizza joint, Thousand Points. Oh yeah, people travel from Beckley or Somersville for that place. Mm-hmm. They used to travel from Charleston for it, but they don't have to now. People, they have people come from Charleston just to eat a secret sandwich society, and it's, it's not a, even that good. It's I a sandwich. Disagree. I think it's pretty. I've good. never had it. I'm not, I might. I need to go there one time. I've never had it. It's it's good, but it's not. Um, I like the Cathedral Cafe. I'm sorry, I don't mean to interrupt. That's, no, it's a, okay. that's a gorgeous place. Cathedral Cafes. I mean, there's there's a load. There's loads of awesome businesses, mm-hmm. especially restaurants. In ben Franklin, Ben Franklin is still open, fabulous, still Killing kicking it. it. <laughs> it's a fabulous business. I've only been in there once. It's like an arts and crafts store, right? No, it's it's it's, it's so much more. It, it is like a bric-a-brac store. It's like if you took a Joanne's a, 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 a Joanne's fabric and mixed it with a Dollar General. Oh, it's fantastic! And then mixed it with like a Fountain Hobby, store. and then mixed it with a Whole Foods place, but in a tiny little. They have a Whole Foods. They have, yeah, they sell bulk foods. Like, you can go buy, like, bulk rice, bulk beans, bulk spices. Shit, I didn't know that. Bulk candy. They've got, it's like a general yeah. store, like an old school. They still do it the same way. Like, with, you get stuff out with, like, a, a fucking a No, they, they usually have them already packaged out in, like, little plastic containers, but it's the same principle. You pay for the poundage of it, and there's different sizes. Your you mom know. pays for the poundage of it. Oh! No, you Boom. pay my mom for the poundage of it. So, there. <laughs> Your mom goes to college. You pay her. Let's get this straight. It's still one of the funniest fucking things ever. Is Napoleon, his face when Napoleon he says Dynamite that. is just a fucking masterpiece. I'd love it. It's just an amazing I mean, movie. I think I like Gentleman Broncos better. 
That's tough, man. It's a tough call, but I, I do to, think I, I like. I have to watch Marcus. it again. God, I love that movie. It's so weird. It is. It is as weird as Napoleon Dynamite was. Gentleman Broncos maybe doubly as weird. Yeah, definitely. It's just so weird. Off kilter characters. I like it. And, and again, especially the guy, got that Hispanic guy with his mouth. That's so the thing sh- about all that guy's movies is you don't know when it is. Like, yeah, it's <laughs> it's. Uh, like don't know era unspecific you don't know you know it could be the 80s could be now you know oh boy bub just tell him to fuck off he's okay hey bub fuck off he's just doing this because i've been giving him extra attention so now he's all spoiled spolt he wants to constantly either have a job to do or be loved on he's a dog Raindrops on roses. Yeah, I'm a human being. I don't need you to suck my dick 24 hours a day. Fair enough. These are a few of my favorite things. Anybody got any favorite things this week? Um, I'm going to revisit one. Uh, wait, she said doorbells was one of her favorite. What the fuck? How, like what kind of a life has this bitch lived for doorbells to be one of the favorite? You might think back in the day, you know, it was probably like a mechanical doorbell, not an electric one. Oh yeah, there's neat. like all kinds of shit that yeah. And, you know, it's got this neat mechanical. Sort of like a watch, like if you and it probably makes a really beautiful tone, like a bell. If you open up a watch, like there's all kinds of awesome, crazy shit going on. In yeah, there. and oh, that was high tech back then. Yeah. Anyway, you were going to say something, Chuck, about something being dope. Um, uh, reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, I'm convinced that Douglas Adams was one of the most brilliant fucking human beings that ever lived. Just so forward thinking and also wickedly clever. And do you think you could beat him in a fight? Well, he's dead, so yeah. I'm just saying in his prime. In his prime, yes. Hit him at the same age as you. You know his stats. Like, what's the tell of the tape here? I think he's a. I think he's a kind of a pithy Brit. So he's you know. Oh, you'd smash it. Yeah. <laughs> It would be. It, it wouldn't even be fun. lowered shoulder. Fucking it'd be, it'd be, just ground and pound yeah, all night long. It'd be ugly. Just fucking slinging elbows. Just he. Blood, but on the blood. other hand, some of those Brits from around the docks. Oh yeah. You don't want to tangle with them. That wear the uh, the scully the scully caps that roll up a little bit. Yeah, they will beat your fucking head in. Um. Anyway, <laughs> uh, some of the, his quotes from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy are just the way he writes. Like, I'm going to read you this one. Um, Let's read this whole book, man. Fuck it. What is this? Uh, this is uh, Andy Kaufman. Andy Kaufman? Yeah, he's a great professional wrestler. Intergender champion. Yeah. This thing's taking forever to load up. Well, aren't you a piece of shit? I've started reading The Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide. I've got It's all five volumes. It's on Kindle, of course, which I actually want the little leather version. Um. Okay, hold on a second. I just opened up Facebook to find something to look to look at for favorite things, and it, this comes up. Dutch, we'd like to do better. Please agree or disagree with the following statement. Facebook is good for the world. Strongly agree, agree, neither agree nor disagree, disagree or strongly disagree. <laughs> what? What do they do? Like, two surveys in a day? Yeah, they. you're a mark now. They. Uh... It's insane. All right, what were you going to read? Just this line. He said, uh, he said they whined and the engine whined and moaned like like tired kids at a supermarket. 
It's like, that's a brilliant fucking line, you know? It's funny, but it's also true, and it gives you a complete description of that without, like, like we've talked about that I'm not good at yet, yeah, and we've discussed soft. this. <laughs> Fuck you. It really made me mad. <laughs> it really upset him. <laughs> but my, my, my tendency to be wordy is... Yeah. Is a, he has a, he's very economical with his work. Exactly. Like, he's like Barbara Tuckman, you know, and I haven't learned that yet, but also he's so, fo- he's so ahead of everything. Like, and he, and he hates, he's, he, you it, his words drip, um, <clears throat> misanthropism or, you know, he, he fucking despises humanity. Like, one of the, one of the biggest things about the Hitchhiker's Guide is the fact that, they go to Earth after it's been destroyed, and they time travel. Right? It's Ford Prefect and um, Arthur Dent, and um, <coughs> and they go to Earth, and they and they don't know where they are at first, and then there's like these really uh, intelligent ape-like beings who are really, you know, they're beautiful and they're doing stuff, and then there's a ship. That crashes on fucking Earth, and it's full of dumbasses. Like they were part of this other this culture that they were dumbasses in the culture. They're useless. It was filled with like hairdressers and shit like that. You know, I'm not saying hairdressers are terrible, but just you know, in that general vein, uh, telephone cleaners. <laughs> and uh, they were they were put on a ship and told that they were going away because this planet was was going to be destroyed. Well, it turns out that they the one third of of the worthless bastards in their society got tricked into getting in this ship just so they could get them the fuck out of there. And they sent them and they're like going through space and know what the fuck they're doing. And um, they crash on Earth and they wipe out those things that were that were going to be something like the apes or whatever. Yes. Oh god. And that's where all humanity came from. These worthless. Uh, you know, callous. You know, it's a it's a brilliant take on humanity. It just completely talks shit and does it in a very pleasant and fun way. You know, I, I just I love the book. I, I it's I'm surprised I have never I've I've started it plenty of times and I have never read it and I just I, I adore it. I'm I'll be finished with it in another couple of days. That's awesome. I've, I've never <coughs> even watched the movie and I know I don't like the movie. Sam Rockwell's in it, isn't he? Yeah, and he's he is a good he is a good guy to play Zaphod Beeblebrox, and he's the president of the galaxy. But that the only thing that entails is entertaining people by doing stupid shit. He steals this the heart of gold is the name of the ship, and it's this quantum reality shit. A lot of the stuff in the movie was great, like. The way they showed it traveling through time and they did things where they were like made out of yarn and it was just all these probability waves. It was really good. Um, I just didn't like the fact, and I like most deaf, don't get me wrong. That movie should have been so British. That is the thing about Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It is painfully British and they really need to make that. Don't cast a guy just because you're trying to be, you know, multicultural or whatever. They had, um, Martin Freeman playing. Arthur Dent. He's a great choice. Great great. choice. But they should have had somebody like, I'm trying to think of an actor. Simon Pegg would have been great to play uh, uh, Ford Prefect. Would have been great. He's got the the demeanor, you know. uh, And Sam Rockwell was good at Zaphod Brebelox. And then Trillian was played by uh, Zoe Deschanel. I don't agree with that. I love her. I love her too, but she wasn't. She wasn't great in the role. I'm not saying she's a great actress or anything. But no, I think I she's just good. Her. But she's pretty good. Yeah, but uh, I tell you that the BBC one that came in in 1980 is nails it. 
It is exact. If you ever want to watch that and get the gist of it, watch that. I mean, it's, it is, a, it's like a mini series. It's six six episodes long. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah, I, I watch it all the time. I might, I might check it out. Yeah, I, I really love it. And um, and I was just gonna say, writers in general, I, I love. I'm I'm trying to be one because I, I admire them so much because they're able to conjure up such things with not just a dis, a descriptive paragraph but the way and the way they put the words together you know what i mean i, I don't know how to describe it it's like the saying with the kids in the supermarket why, oh, the the engine that's a that's a hilarious sentence it just is and it's probably became and, like a like a um what is it like a saying in britain probably i mean probably. douglas adams is He's huge there. I mean, he, huge, huge, huge. <laughs> but um, I just, I love him. I love, uh, like I said, Barbara Tuckman. I started reading her again, and she's brilliant. Um, George R. R. Martin, you know, he, his his the dialogue is great. You know, I just I, I love writers. It's one of my favorite things. Are you getting um? Are you starting to write again? And are you you started? Are you, are you keeping going? Are you going to fucking finish something? I'm going to finish. Yeah, I just have to. I have to get a word processing program. I've been writing that on Facebook, and I can't keep doing that. No, you cannot. There's got to be. No, I just sent it to you guys and, and to. Yeah. Well, you don't You don't have a, like a laptop or a PC? I have a laptop. But I, but I have it to. It doesn't have a word processor. It doesn't have it, word? It, it, well, you I have download, to renew it. I mean, you can download some, some word for free, I'm sure. There's some open source. Somebody needs to help me with that because I the what I what I wrote I really liked just, and it's just still Google, it's still in there. Google free word, uh, free word processor. They used to have WordPad, which yeah. was What's and I don't have WordPad on on mine for some what reason. What the fuck? I don't know. You're a writer and you don't have a word processor on your laptop. I know. You want a typewriter? I can't do typewriters for some reason. You weren't going to give me that old <laughs> that old. There's a reason why you can't do typewriters is because they fucking suck. <laughs> yeah. To actually use, you yeah. know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I remember I had a brother word processor when I was a kid. Mom got for me. One of the most beautiful gifts my mom ever got me. She really believed in my writing. And um, What happened? You what said, happened with me being a writer? She, you said believed past tense. Well, because I've never finished anything. <laughs> just so, yeah, I know. But I'm <laughs> just saying it's, you, you know, I get down on myself for that, too, because I've I think that if I could actually get something finished, then I wouldn't have to work anymore because I think I'm a good enough writer that I could actually sell a book. Um, and I just, I don't know, man. I, I get going and then life just gets in the way, you know, and I, I, if I was more structured, I could do it. You know, I'd be like, okay, one page a day. And I was doing it for a long time. And a page a day is 365 pages. That's well, a novel. Well, you, know? I mean, you don't even have to <clears throat> set the bar that high. You can aim lower than that. But the, but the point is is that whatever you start on, whichever story you start on, you have to you have to stick with it right. for years. Right. That you same board. And even when you get bored with sure. it, you still have to work on it. And that's what sucks. Right. Working on something when you're bored with it. Yeah, you should have just went into music because 15, 20 minutes sometimes you go to bear and it's done. I just have never <laughs> been good at music. I wrote. I just sent, as a matter of fact, I sent you. Uh, that's not true of my songwriting usually. I, well, that's my. Well, I'm a hack. Yeah. I suck. I'll, I'll spend. <laughs> I'll spend years on a song. I don't do that. I'm Leonard Cohen. Like I like that. I'll. 
I'll examine a song for a I year. I just sent you a free word processor thing for you to download onto your pewter. WPS Office. Okay. It's I searched best free one, and that's what I got. It's supposed to be just as good as anything else. So, boom, shalak, luck, boom. Thank you very much. Yeah, it was just a quick Google search. Took me literally sometimes, less than 15 seconds. Sometimes people just need a little, just just a little help. A shove. Just a little, hey. Well, I, I, okay. The thing with the writing is, like I've said before, I haven't actually finished one thing. I finished one story. And that's the story where there's a dog. It's in a post-apocalyptic uh, world. Like it, it was pretty good. Did you ever? Did I tell you about this one? I've heard about it, but I haven't. Uh, I don't think I've read any. Or maybe unless you posted some snippets of it on Facebook. I actually, in the years. posted the whole thing on Facebook a few years ago, and it, it was actually. Okay. And I don't know. He, if, I don't know if we were friends then or on Facebook or not. Uh, this dog gets up and he's in this house and he goes out and he, and he smells blood and he tracks down this deer down to the down to the river. It's set in Boomer actually, and he's getting ready and he. He kills the, he like finishes it off, kills the deer. The deer's hurt. He turns out there's a wolf sound there and growling. And, you know, then they fight. The dog wins, but he's mortally wounded. So he crawls his way back into the house and he dies. He gets up on the bed and that's the end. You know, it was a very stark, very. So it was a short story. Yes. It was a, you know, very short story. And it was, I thought it was quite good. And then the other thing I finished, uh, I actually finished two things, uh, was that fight I wrote between Darth Maul and Darth Vader. Yeah. Which I thought was, you Dutch like that, well, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Darth Maul versus Darth Vader. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'll, I'll do little things like that, like, but I, other than that, I can't think small. Uh, I've been writing an epic novel for most of my life. And I'll finish, but I, but I, but I do get bored with it, and then I want to change it. Like I was like, well, that will really work. But what all I'm doing is fooling myself. You know what I mean? I, I should just, really just finish it. You, yeah, you have to. You can't choose your own adventure, and then when you don't like the outcome, go back and sure. choose a day. You know, and you get, yeah, yeah. You you have it has to be. Mm-hmm. The thing about a writing is it has to be set in stone. Right. I mean, it's not in stone until you publish it. But you in your brain, you kind of just have to say, I'm sticking with this. Trajectory. Even though I don't like it now, I have to stick. You know what I mean? Well, the last time, I, otherwise you'll never fit. You'll sure. piddle, you'll piddle with it and uh, forever, and you'll you'll wind up shooting yourself in the foot. Well, the last time I I really stuck with something, I was, I've got I can't remember how many pages of uh, of an epic fantasy that was set like set in a, a Japan style place. It was good. It's still good. I still got, I've still got it. You know, and but I found myself being. I don't know why, but you can base fantasy on, on European-style cultures, and it doesn't seem, and it can be in a different world, and, it's, and it fits. Setting it in a place, let's, a J- Japanese-style culture or something like that, just makes it feel like it should be in Japan. You know what I mean? It's, it's not, it, it's weird. I, I mean, I liked it, and it was actually a really cool thing. This guy's wife died of cancer, and then he became a drunk, and... She was from the Western continent. Was like that was like a you know North America, and she extracted a promise for him before she died. Said you have to take me home, you know, promise me that you're going to do that. And he promises, but then he can't bear to do it. He can't even bear to part with her actually because they were so in love. And he drinks, and he's this samurai. Samurai means servant, 
So there are like constables and all this stuff. Well, he's out on patrol one day and he gets drunk and there's this guy beating a woman. So he beats this guy almost to death, beats him. And he was drunk in his master's service. So the master takes him aside and said, listen, um, he understood why he did it. He got the story from him. And then he said, well, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to execute you myself so you can retain your honor because that's the most important thing to him, you know. And then he goes home and there's like a ghost of his wife in his house and said, you promised me, you know, you, you, you know, and he said, I, I can't, I can't do it. And then she walks away from him and said, I don't know who you are, you know, and he, he's under the impression that when he dies doing this, he'll, he'll still be together again. And she said, I don't want you if you can't fulfill your promise. I don't want you in the afterlife. And that's still in a cult, in a culture that believes in the afterlife. So, Basically, he sneaks in, gets his wife's ashes, you know, all this stuff, sneaks back out, and he's on his way. And then his his lord sends some people after him to capture him. So he has to run from them. I got to a point where he had, he had gotten to a bar. There was a big bar fight, and he helped these guys who were like Irish, like Celt-type people win the fight. They take him on their boat. They had gone into this place, and that was where I was had finished and it was, it was it had gotten really good i mean it was i created a whole mythology a whole history behind it but you don't have the the interest to pick up where you left off and with that writing? yes because that is part of a, a bigger story but i have the what you guys read is the same world that's the same world so i haven't abandoned the world i've just abandoned uh, not abandoned but put that on on hold to do this other thing that i can actually tell the story better because they, they say write what you know the place that i was describing is west virginia like these people who uh are like ex-slaves who have become a an alien culture in this place that's like like with native americans and they're welcome to live there and then what, what was going to happen after at the end of that is these the kid's fishing, and he looks up, and there's these long ships coming up the, you know, coming up the river. And he's like, "Well, who are these people?" And one of them, you know, fires an arrow at him, and he ducks right at the last minute, and he misses him. He runs up to the place that's based on the plant. It's a giant blacksmithing area, and his dad's in there. I actually had the the fight plan that was where his dad and this guy die, and he gives him this sword and said, "You got to run." You know, he's like, "You're the last, you know, you're the last of us, and you have to get out of here." So and then they lie to him and say, "We'll be along." You know, you just go. And then I actually the the dialogue I, I had written in my head I love because one of the guys is this great big guy, and um, he's he picks up this hammer and all these people are coming at him. He's just like uh, he says, um, "You know, all right, who dies first? You know, and then they, and they they come at him and then and that's the end. They kill. Who's gonna them. come get this work? Basically, that's what he says, and. Uh, they rigged one of the uh, the furnaces to blow up and and kill everybody in there so the kid could get away. And it was it was good, man. I had planned where the kid was going to go and what was going to happen. You know, it was, it was when pretty in depth. When you're writing, do you uh, do you have the end in mind and just how you're going to get there? That's how a lot, probably most people actually do it. I have a general idea where I want it to go, but then, like I've said before, and I don't mean to sound and it's it, it does sound pretentious i guess but it's not it's just the truth 
after a while, it's just writing itself, and I'm just reporting what is happening because the story is unfolding. Now, there will be different things that I have to choose from. It's like it is like a choose your own adventure. What well, should I go this or write this? And once I choose one, if it fits. I'll go with it. If it doesn't, I'll go back and say that doesn't work. Yeah, you, know, you can so. you can go back and make revisions mm-hmm. at certain at certain uh, you know truncated points in the story. Right. But at some point, you have to draw the line and say, "I'm sticking with this. Come hell or high water, this this isn't going to change." Right. With certain backbone elements sure. of the story, and uh, I and this is no bullshit either. It's eerie sometimes because when I'm in a in a real writing place in a zone i'll go back and reset i don't remember writing some of it it's very odd very eerie feeling and i'll look at it and say that's good that's really good i don't remember writing that you know because like i said it's just you know just reporting and that's when i'm really going you know sometimes it's hard to get it going once it does it keeps going and it's almost uncomfortable and um uh, upsetting because it gets to be so consuming you know it, it starts con- I, I can't live a daily life because I'm constantly thinking about the story. Sure. And it starts well, OCD and it's, you know, that's the sacrifice you make. Sure. As a writer or whatever it is, whatever it is that you're, you know, when you're, when you're consuming yourself with your work like that, you almost, you, which is what you have to do. Right. You have you read uh, the war of art? The war of art. Have I've you? read most of it. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And I really like it. It, it really helps people. It didn't, I mean, I, I, I ignore it. But if I did what it said to do, it would work for me. <laughs> right. I, I do ignore it. They just say it's, it. It just says to, to, to just do, do, do the thing that you're, yeah. <laughs> that you want to do. Like, you know, come just, even if, me. even if you have to work tw- 12 hours a day, just take an hour when you get home. And if you're a writer, you're right. If you're a songwriter, you try and write a song. Right. Just keep doing it. And well, I got this program now. I'll download it. It tells you how to work. <laughs> it does. It tells you how to not be a hack. But I, uh, I one of the things I was proudest of, though, and I don't mean to, to shift this entire podcast to me, but I'm actually quite proud of this story element. Was um, it's a scene like in the Japanese style place, and there's these black robe people coming up this hill, and one of them's led by this priest type guy and this woman who's real beautiful. And uh, kind of can she got huge. She's mm-hmm. like a, she's like a, uh, she's a naval, like an Aztec style woman. So, and then on, from the other side, there come like three men dragging a giant cage, and there's this huge tiger creature in it. It's called a murder tiger. I actually created that's a pretty cool creature. I thought it kills just for pleasure. It doesn't kill, but it, of course, to eat. But it kills for pleasure more than often than not. So they come together and said, you know. They're making a bargain. And the guy says, you know, well, we brought what we asked for. You know, now do what you said you were going to do. Talking to the, And the priest hands a woman an obsidian knife, and she nods to him. And she goes and takes her robe off. She's naked. And yeah. and then she just she takes the knife and drags her across her own throat. Kills Some herself. bitch. That's a weird way to kill yourself. And then falls forward, and all the blood spills in front of the, the tiger. And this, this portal opens, and this demon thing comes walking through and they have to say a name. They say, you have to say the name. My name is Kid. <laughs> That's awesome, actually. And, Donna! Then, and, then he, and then they says that he says the name and this thing possesses that tiger and it breaks out of the cage and runs away. That's the end of it. His, the description of how the demon was, I 
was quite proud of it. It was very disturbing. It was like Hellraiser type shit. It was from this place where there is no rhyme or reason, and it's just an, a creature of pure hatred. It just doesn't exist for anything else. So, you know, I, I actually have that one still. I've got that on on a, on a drive. I can. I was actually going to send it to, um, um. <laughs> but uh, uh to, what? <laughs> to Kid Rock? No, to a man. Oh. And uh why are we so secretive that you have Well because I don't I just don't know <laughs> you know what I should say and what I shouldn't. But um free speech, my friend, you can say whatever you want. <laughs> well, I you know, just don't wanna But anyway, uh and I've got that on there and I've got, you know, all of that of the no- of the sixty five or seventy five seventy pages of that novel that I've written. And I'll go back and revisit it every now and then, read it, and get kind of upset <laughs> sometimes. I'm like this was good. I was in a good groove. I should have kept doing that. Why are you I, not in the groove? What do you think? It's just it's partly de- and- it's partly depression. It's partly work. It's part uh, you know my uh, my lack of confidence sometimes. I I think I'm a good writer, and then something bad will happen, and then I think I'm not so good, and then I'll go back and read p- pieces that I've written. I said, yeah, I am good. I just you know who else thinks that. Everybody, every other writer that has ever exactly. written. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely true. I know. Everything I do, I'm like, this is complete fucking garbage. And, you know, there's lots of right. And I've, and I've made this, this observation before, especially in the genre I'm going to write in fantasy. There are dog shit writers that have been cranking out dog shit for decades. Have you, and it sells. Have you thought about doing, um, young adult stuff? I actually was writing one. Uh, yeah, it was kind of. You mean like, you mean like teen porn? Essentially, it's Twilight. <laughs> no, I, that kind of yeah. young. I mean, the, the people whoever wrote Twilight got got stacks and stacks, homie. It might be shit. You might not like it. A lot of people liked it though. But are it's you like the Backstreet Boys? Are, are you going to start writing songs in the style of Toby Keith? Because a lot of people like Toby Keith. I don't know that I can write. <laughs> I don't honestly. God, well, I don't know that I'm that good. I'm just trying to make an to, analogy. To be quite honest, <laughs> I don't know that I can make that type of song. Well, no. Okay, I, I get what you're saying. Um, I like Toby Keith too. By the way, seems like a nice guy. Oh God, <laughs> I actually do like one or two songs. Um. You ain't much fun since I've been drank, quit drinking. No, I liked as good as I once was because it's fucking hilarious. But it's, the video, I remember seeing the video and it's really funny. Should have been a cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he looks like our friend, your friend of mine, Andy Frampton. They, yeah, they look a lot alike. It does look like. Um, no, uh, Stephanie Meyer. The first book was actually not bad. I mean, it wasn't good. And I tell you who really hates it, Stephen King fucking despises Twilight. I mean, he, he talks so much shit about it. But I, I think that's, you know, she put her heart and soul into something that she thought was good, you know, and it changed. It was a, it changed vampires forever. You know, it, it really did. It made it for better or worse, I guess. Exactly. Well, there's, it made, it, there's always going to be haters. It doesn't matter. Well, I know, but that hatred was valid. <laughs> it's really bad, and it's, it's. I've not read it. I don't understand it. I didn't watch any of the movies. Okay, the first book established what it did, and then the second book, for the first a hundred pages, I had to hear every other paragraph how beautiful Edward Cullen is. I fucking get it. I get it. <laughs> Continue. Is it from? Was it from the point of view of the girl? Yes. 
Oh, God. And um, then it just became this thing that... And then I, they just pick an okay-looking guy to play him in the movie. Well, he had he had buzz from being uh, briefly in one of the Harry Potter movies. He was, he was a handsome British fella. So. Uh, but Stephen King loves Harry Potter. As everyone should, because the books are really fucking good. All of them are good, and they get progressively better as she keep, as she goes. Because J.K. Rowling is a legit writer, she is she is a towering figure now in the epic fantasy field. She's up there with Tolkien. She's up there with Martin. She's every bit as good as they are. And you know that is intimidating sometimes. Because I'm not measuring myself against somebody like Stephanie Meyer or Terry Goodkind or even early, as much as I love him now, uh, Terry Brooks, which sort of Shannara is not a good book. But then he continued on and they got better. What's I, the thing that I always say? Comparison is the thief of joy. It, it is, absolutely. But I'm saying I, I understand that, but it is difficult, you know, to get over. And how did this just become the Chuck's writing podcast? Because <laughs> we started asking you questions about something you're passionate about. Yeah, and I, and I just kept. And you started, sorry about it. No, I just it's fine. That's what happened. That's why we're here. You're creating a tent. I am. It, it's I, okay. There are some things that I've written that I think are every bit as good as something George R. R. Martin wrote. Every bit. And then I'll write something and be like, that sounds like something Terry Goodkind would write. And let me tell you about Terry Goodkind. He's been writing, they actually made a show. Uh, they, it was, it had attracted enough of a following. They made a shitty TV show about it and everything. The one on MTV? This, no, no, that was the, that was actually good. That was the Elf Stones of Shannara by Terry Brooks. This guy, Terry Goodkind, is, uh, he is so fucking bad that it was infuriating to read the book. Because I knew how many copies it sold. And I knew how many he, he kept cranking them out. And they are dog shit. It's so bad. I'm like, how the fuck did this ever sell? Why is it bad? Is it just does it make sense? The characters are two-dimensional. The the concepts are made up on the fly. The uh, They're stupid concepts. The cultures have no base in anything. I'm not talking. They're, they're just seems like he's. The monsters are dumb. <laughs> I mean, it's just I need smart monsters. It's Come just on. no. I'm saying they're stupid as in they they're dumb as in they just don't make any fucking sense. One of them was a giant monkey thing with a long tail who had these flies that would go forth and bite people, and it would smell the blood, and then it counted the flies when they came back, and it would and it would hunt. That's fucking stupid. That's objectively <laughs> stupid. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense to me. No, and it, it's just dumb. And then the the villain was. Evil for no apparent fucking reason. I mean, I was just, what the fuck is this bullshit? I'm just evil. I, I don't know. And then I read, I started reading again. <laughs> I started reading Tad Williams again. And then I remembered why great writers are great. And then, you know, even though some of the things he does, I don't agree with. He, you know, he, pl- he plunks down cultures beside each other to have no business being beside each other. It's weird. Um, but he's a great writer. And that's just so. You get that duality, you know, duality. You're like, man, I, some things I write are really great, and then some things are like this other, <laughs> this other hack. And it's <laughs> I mean, you can, you can drive yourself crazy with that shit. I mean, sure. Uh, when I was, um, so yes, no is the first Juno record. It took me, oh, a good six, seven, eight years to write the music for that. At least that's how much time I spent writing the music. Mm-hmm. I spent a year just recording and mixing. Um, 
and then I spent another year trying to market it before I actually released it, like trying to read up on how to actually market things and do. So this is a you know this is a decade long. Yeah, I spent almost a decade on this thing, and at one point, right in the middle of it, I was working on the recording and mixing part of it. And I had a lot of stuff done. You know, maybe the whole thing was halfway done or better. And the, the opening track, Yes, No, which you can check out on junimusic.bandcamp.com. Um, it, uh, I, I woke up, I was obsessing about it, right? Just been putting in 12-hour days, just, just minute details, just right. minutia, trying to get it perfect, just obsessing over just being a perfectionist because I, I'd never released anything before. No one had ever heard me sing before. You know, I just, I was so afraid that it was going to come off stupid or that mm-hmm. it was going to be terrible. All the things you're talking about. Right. Or the thinking that it's dog shit and back and forth between I listen to it one day, I'll get high and drink a little bit and listen to it one day and be like, this is fucking, I'm great. This is yeah, fucking. Yeah. And then the next day I listen to it and I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> and one day I was in the midst of that kind of, and that's kind of what the album is about. Yes, no, yes, no this bipolar kind of shit and so I woke up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat and I was dizzy and I couldn't walk more than 10 steps without passing out and that went on for several weeks and I went to the doctor the doctor said that I had to have my gallbladder removed and I stopped working on the music and changed my diet and stopped drinking and started taking better care of myself and that problem went away so I literally almost had to have an organ removed from my body because of what you're talking about yeah yeah, that's how serious that that's how serious you can get. And so, learning to play that game, learning to know how to control your own men- to, to harness your mental illness, right? Mm-hmm. You have to you have to be mentally ill. Oh yeah, to be absolutely. a good writer, you absolutely. have to be fucking absolutely. nuts mm-hmm. to do this. Mm-hmm. But you also have to have be able to control that beast. You have to have you have to have a bridle on it, or it or it will prevent you from either either prevent you from cle- completing something, or it will destroy you personally, physically, spiritually, emotionally. And what I finally realized is that it was there was nothing physiologically wrong with me. It was a, it was a spiritual crisis because I thought that the tempo of this song was wrong, and I thought I was going to have to redo the whole thing because because one day I listened to it and the tempo sounded wrong. Even though every other day it sounded right, right? Because one day it caused me to collapse mm-hmm. uh, spiritually, and I had to get that shit right so that I could follow through and, and finish it. And just you just at some point it's like a leap. You just have to believe in yourself, and you have to you have to kind of like not give a shit if it sucks. Right. Be willing to accept that I might I might pour my entire life into something and it might suck, but that's better than. That's better than not completing it. That's absolutely correct. And the the mental illness thing, you're absolutely right. Like, uh, I think that's. It's almost like I have schizophrenia. Like I'll go, and you know, not to get too far down that rabbit hole. You know, I know I I get the gist of what you're saying that I should finish it at all costs, and you know, but well, I don't know if you should or not. I'm just I'm just sharing my experience. Well, but I know. But I'm, I'm, yeah, and you know, your experience was. That's, I mean, mine didn't hasn't gotten that extreme. You know, yeah. I have dreamt about it. Like I've dreamt, uh, I was in a room with characters that I'd written, and I was just kind of looking at them. They were kind of looking at me. I don't really remember a lot about the dream, but it was it's starting to, you know, institute itself into my into my dreamscape, and that's you know that's big when it does that. And um, I, I felt uh, you know, 
there came a point where I felt bad because I left, you know, the characters in a bad spot. You know, it's just like they're sitting there like, get me the fuck out of this or end it, you know, and it's yeah, but I know, yeah, man, art, art is it is war and it is the people who are creative really do suffer for it. I mean, I think if you're worth a damn, you, and you, if you're, you know, I, I know that there are people out there just like, I love making music and I like playing in a band because it's fun <laughs> and writing songs f- with my friends is fun and we're going to do this because, and then they put out music and people like it and they're successful. Okay, that's fine. I highly doubt I'm going to respect that product. Sure. Not because of the the way in which it came about, but because you can hear you can hear it. Mm-hmm. You can hear whether you can hear authenticity in By some way. I love that. That was really cool. I just want to say the tempo is kind of fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> I knew he was going to say something. Like that. <laughs> Holy shit! Well, it's been over. It's uh, a. 2018. 2009 is when you put that out. April 2009 will be. You the, do a reissue the, with the, the demos. Te- I could do. Uh, do you have demos still? Probably oh, on tape. Oh, I, I've got some video. I've got. I've actually got video of the the CD release for that. But it's, it was not a very good performance. It came out April 16th, 2009. Yep. Well, it's like a... I was finished with it uh, a year prior to that, but I didn't actually release it because I was trying to figure out how to market it and how to release it. And I was trying to do reading business books and music business books and sending stuff off to, you know, all kinds of bullshit that mm-hmm. I tried to do that wound up being completely fruitless. Well, um, but, I mean, when you're, when, when you write, when you're a writer... And you're perform playing all the instruments and performing all the instruments, and you're mixing it, and you're re- re- the recording engineer, and you're doing the master. You know, you're doing working with a mastering the art for, and you're doing the, all the art, learning how to do use complex artwork with the free trial to get the artwork done. Yeah. Doing all that yourself, teaching yourself how to use all of these different softwares, teaching yourself how to teach yourself how to teach yourself how to do ten million ten different jobs and then you get done with that and you finish the product and you're like okay now I've got a I've got a I've got that much more work to do just on the marketing and business end of it shit that I have to teach myself how to do. Right. And let's just say I didn't reach the finish line of the second race. You know what I mean? Where it comes to marketing and how to how to sell a product. You know I That's just, my worst thing. I, I'm not good at self promotion. Well, it's it's not. You're not supposed to have wear that many hats. It's it's impossible <laughs> for a person to do that many jobs. We need a fucking A and R guy. It's the same thing with my farm. It's like being a being a farmer by yourself. It's it's kind of like I'm kind of great at that. I'm kind of great at, at being able to do a variety of things that most people can't even do one of very well. Right. Um, and that's one of the things that makes me great, but it also holds me back because I won't. Um, I'm stubborn and I won't get people to help me. And it winds up. I wind up not. Not being able to complete things or do things because I can't do it by myself. Right. And I've, I've got this chip on my shoulder about it because I was able to do this by myself. Um, but um, I don't I don't really know where I'm going with this, but... I remember this one. Yeah? I, I think I was there for the writing of this because I remember one, two, three, four, five, six, one, two... We, one, we two. tried to play a, a version of this yeah. song, the, the song change version over the years. Like I, This is back I whenever spent, I played bass in whatever band we were in, Sycamore? Hey, yeah, when I recorded that song, that would have been 2007 or so, uh, that song was probably seven or eight years old, but it had changed forms. Yeah, it was 2001 whenever we were in my mom's... Upstairs apartment. Yeah, the original, the chord changes were, were basically the same, but it it changed forms many times. But once it got to a place where I'm like, okay, this is this is good. 
this structure is right. I might change the guitar embellishment, or I might change the the link. I might cut this verse out, or shorten this, or do that. I might little changes, but the back the backbone of the song, I will not fucking change this. I will die, and this will not change <laughs> because I have to have some kind of certainty about it. Sure. Even if it's a lie, I have to believe that it's done, that that element is done in order to trick myself into thinking that I can finish it. If, I don't know if that helps, if that you relate you know, to that it, at all. It does. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's amazing how much, how much art, a lot of art is gossamer. It's just not, it's not real, you know, or not real, but it's, it's, it's just, it's just a wing and a prayer. You're like, okay, this is what we're going to do, you know? Yeah. It's, it's bullshit that you're believing in very strongly. Mm-hmm. If you believe in it strongly enough, then it becomes something that's right. great or good. Like so, okay. Like when you when you read it, and and your thing about it being wordy, there were, you were not the only person that said that. And I went back and read it. I said that is correct. That is that is three different people who said that. But that's also I'm going to change some of that. But I'm not. But that is part of my style. Is that I I I like heavy description I like things that you know you don't need to reroute the story you just need to reword little right you need an editor yeah absolutely and I've got an editor uh, but you can't you know you can't be the writer and the editor and the promoter and the right you can but that's that's one of the things that becomes so daunting about the process Right. right you're just overwhelmed with how do I how do I do how do I wear all these hats and how do I do all these things if I'm serious about this well I was actually gonna have um, Amanda, come on and uh, help me write it because she's brilliant and she's written, she's read a lot. She like that's her thing. We were talking and I, you know, I said uh, she loves books. I love movies, and I, and she doesn't get movies. She she likes movies, but she's not into them like I am. I said, well, you know, so that's our thing. But um, I was asking her, going to ask her to help me. You know, write it, and she has valid criticisms and and incisive. You know, and she, but not mean. She says, "I I really like this, but this is things you might well, want to change and revisit." Even Did I come it, off as mean whenever. No, not at all. Even if it not is, at all. even if it is to. mean, <laughs> if it is mean, when when you become an artist and you're putting yourself out there, you have to be prepared for someone to. Just shit all over it. To be oh, as, the yeah. meanest shit that especially you can possibly if, imagine, especially if you perform live. Oh, like, I've, yeah. had, I've, had, I've heard people. I've been performing and heard people that makes say while I'm playing that makes me want to slit my fucking wrists. Oh man, you know what I would do if that happened? Continue performing because you're in the middle of a song, and I would say, "Please do," <laughs> <laughs> and then not miss a note. <laughs> <laughs> but you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. And you just you just have to keep going. It's just like anything you, you know. If you're playing football and somebody you get hit, you just have to keep going. Right. Um, but you have to be you have to be prepared for the fact that you know art is war that you're that you, that you're putting your you're pulling your pants down in front of the world you're putting yourself out there right and you're gonna get you're gonna get criticized that dick's exposed baby and you have to be willing to lose you have to be willing to take that risk and say you know what people could say the most could say things that are worse than I could even think of to say about myself and still right. be okay with yourself right I'm waiting for the you know. Because I, I think I know my weaknesses in, in my writing. I would be, if they attack my weaknesses, if this makes sense, I would be okay with it. But if they attacked what I thought were my strengths, then I would have a problem with it. Like, his dialogue shit. Like, that's the best part about my writing, you know? It's, um, I'm, 
I've never read uh, had anybody give me any valid criticism of my music. <laughs> it's just people in the crowd don't like it, and that's valid, I guess. So I'm just like, I mean, it's not for you. You're wearing an ACDC shirt. I like ACDC too, but this isn't that. Right. So it's mostly makes me feel bad that I haven't been more incisive with my criticism. Oh, the only thing I can say is that I like it, and I don't know music really. I do, but I don't. You know, it always makes me sad whenever uh, after I play a set and. The only compliment I get is, man, the, the Tom Petty song you played was great. Or whatever cover that... Right. I can't believe you played Sturgill Simpson. There was... Um, <laughs> when I worked at the Blue Moose, there was this crazy cat lady that, that, that just kind of hung, hung out at the bar because I was like her social outing. She taught piano lessons all day and she'd come in and sit and like just kind of try to leech on whatever barista was working instead of socializing with the people in the, the joint. She mm-hmm. was just... Because she would know them, she could count on this person being there. And would just while you're trying to work and you're busy, she'd sit there and leech off of you and just try to talk to you. Yeah, you know she was she was an okay person. She did that for years, and eventually I just kind of got tired of it. But the, f- the first time she saw me came to an open mic and saw me perform there, I was you know just doing open mic. And I did you know I just did a set of songs. I would switch it up. I would do a setup with accordion, or I'd do a set with keyboard. I'd, I would do something different every time, or just mandolin, or a, a little mini '80s keyboard and a mandolin, and just try to do. Something different every time, just constantly challenging myself. But this particular night, I was doing just an acoustic guitar set of just all original music because that's pretty much what I did. And um, you know, the, and she was a professional. She was like on on Broadway and had, you know was a professional like opera singer and stuff like that. And um, I did what I thought was a pretty decent set with acoustic guitar. And she said she came back. She said she just kind of looked kind of nervous when she saw me after, and I was like, oh, okay. It's like, yeah, uh, yeah, John, uh, yeah, I heard you play. Um, your guitar was in tune. <laughs> she said a lot of times people don't tune their guitars very well. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, God damn it. Ba- backhand like, compliment. I was like, so from that point on, I was pretty much just like, I'm not going to let you leech off of me anymore for your 75-cent tip for the fucking tea and the bagel you got, you fucking cunt. Jesus Christ. But yeah, the, the most of the compliments I get are, are just... Um, Left-handed the, back. Left-handed well, no, they don't know. They don't know that. I don't announce that. Hey, I wrote this song or whatever. So they they just whatever they recognize is what they'll compliment me on. Or they'll say I'm a good singer or something like that. They never say I'm a good guitar player though. That's weird. Uh, I've had people yell at me that I should kill myself. Um, I mean, just the worst shit you can possibly imagine. Oh yeah. So there's nothing you can say. People suck. There's things. I mean, I'm not saying I can't be triggered like I'm some kind of robo. Robo guy or whatever, but there's not. It, it's pretty. It's pretty tough. You know, it's pretty hard to get under my skin at this point. You know, mm-hmm. like there's not. There's not many. There's not many terrible things that you could say about me that I haven't already said about myself and that I'm not already okay with. <laughs> it's like, what are you gonna? What do you? You know, what are you gonna do? Bring, bring it on. <laughs> try. I'd love for you to try to insult me. You know what I mean? So that's the uh, thing. I'm, I haven't reached that point yet. Like I. I've, I've come a long way, but it, that but. was but that was through exposure, right? Because I started out, I was afraid to even sing in front. I couldn't even just like, uh, like I couldn't even fucking sing in front of somebody because I was just so self conscious and mm-hmm. so. Uh, up until the point I was like twenty five, I wasn't. I never sang in front of another human, another cr- a crowd of people till I was, um, I think, twenty six, mm. and then within four four years of being of that i went from that within four years to every having released three albums having performed in front of thousands of people done hundreds of performances open mics i just broke i broke through the barrier and i said i'm just going to do what i'm doing whether someone likes it or not i went from being 
too scared to perform in front of people to try to insult me. Right. Because I just got so tired of holding myself back. Yeah. But that's, yeah, it was my story. I didn't, I didn't do shit till I was about 26. And then I pretty much, pretty much quit at about 31 because uh, it wasn't helping me. Right. I didn't need to do it anymore. I got nothing to prove. I got nothing to prove to anybody. Well, I, I would just like to, I would just like to finish it. I mean, I don't even, I don't even care if it's good necessarily. I'd like it to be. But I would just, yeah, I, w- I would like to finish it. That's bullshit. I just c- lied fucking completely through my teeth. Care I care if it's good. If it's good. That's why. I, that's why I ask everybody's opinion about it. I just at a certain point you have to. You just have to know that it's good, right? You have to. I mean, to know. There are points I've I've been at with some of my writing where I did know. It was and really you're not going to feel that way every day, All right? You're not going to feel that way. Maybe even most days. Maybe some days that'll carry you. Like if you if I've written a good passage that day, it'll carry me for the rest of the day. Or think about how, or if you think about how I felt the day that I did feel good Mm -hmm. about it, and focus on that instead of the last three days where it sounded like shit. Right. A page a day is what George R. R. Martin advises. He said, "No more, no less." He said, "He said if you if you leave something in the tank." Then when you get to sit down and write again, it just keeps going. You know, he said. If See, you, I don't agree with that because I think there are days where I can write ten pages, and there there are weeks where I can't write a fucking word. But I I agree with that because if I get that, you know, because if I write that ten pages, then I'll take the day off. You know what I mean? See what I'm saying? Because I've written ten pages, so I can just let it go. Yeah, but also, some, you yeah. might write ten pages the very next day though, and ten again, right? And then all of a sudden you're thirty days ahead, and then then you know. Then it's okay if you have a block for a I week. Think what, right. I think that what he's saying is uh, just getting getting the habit of doing it, right? Whether it's any good or not, you can you can chuck out the page from the day before if mm-hmm. it sucks, you know. But we're also talking about a guy who that the advice I just uh, said that he said. We're talking about a guy who's taken. Let's see, Dance with Dragons has been almost ten years ago. <laughs> he takes. He takes. Maybe you could write two pages a, 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 a day, buddy. Yeah, Maybe two, yeah. since you're not doing anything else. Right. Sitting around combing your beard, wearing a sailor's hat, hanging out in Bisbee, Arizona. Is that where he lives? Really? Yeah, that's hilarious. How's Doug Stanhope not gotten all of him? I think they have. I think Doug Stanhope might have said something about that before. Hmm. I think Chuck said he has some quality umbrage. Well, I haven't even done my favorite thing yet. Well, we don't care. There's a there's a movie called uh, The Girl with All the Gifts. Gifts. Oh, um, I, th- I saw you post something about that. It's really fucking good. It's about some sort of. It's a zombie movie, but it's British. So, I s- yeah, it's on. I think it's on Amazon. They're like, there's some sort of disease. It's a lot like The Last of Us. Um, some sort of disease. I'm on board. That, that has <laughs> taken over, and like it's affecting all these kids, and they have to. They put these kids in wheelchairs and have them down but the kids are still smart and they can talk and everything and everybody has to wear like a lotion to keep uh, their smell from getting to the kids and like there's a scene where like one of the guards like washes his hand and puts it near one of the kids face and they're strapped down their heads are strapped down and the kid just starts going nuts <laughs> trying to bite it bite at him so they have to wear this uh, lotion that blocks their scent and then they can be around them and nothing nothing happens but there's there's one girl who uh, has perhaps the thing that could um, they could synthesize and cure everybody, mm-hmm. but they have to kill her, just like The Last of Us. 
It's really fucking good. Yeah. It's some pretty brutal shit. And it, it's about an hour and 45 minutes long, something like that. It's a good horror movie with like some moral ambiguity, like kind of like you like. Mm. So I recommend the shit out of that movie, especially this ha- Halloween season. Yeah. That's the best. The girl with all the gifts. You got any favorite things there, Yawn? I don't have any favorite. I mean, I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm sure I could think of something. Um, I've been watching Breaking Bad. That's been fun. I never watched it. How far have you gotten? I'm um, at the beginning, second or so, or third episode of season three. Oh, you've been um, getting get on a I've been jamming up. That, that's why I was asleep when you <laughs> call me, because I've been I've been. Isn't that amazing, down. like, whenever you get a good show that you haven't seen any of, and there's, like, five seasons, and it's all fucking right there. And um, and, and I've been watching a lot of... Um, Watching a lot of fights. I got uh, a free trial of DAZN. Have you ever heard of D A Z N? Yeah, I got the free trial. You can watch Bellator and like several other promotions and boxing and stuff like that. They're all smaller organizations, but there's good fights on there. So that's how I was able to watch the Bellator last weekend. And so I've been just jamming down, watching watching a lot of fights, watching a lot of like jujitsu videos. um, You know, just because I can't. um, I started doing karate and jujitsu again. I've been going to this dojo and. And actually, like training, like two days a week. But I got Cobra Kai. He's a- I got injured. <laughs> it's kind of like Cobra Kai. Um, he, he, you know, he did def- we talk about that? You said you binged Cobra Kai. Yeah, I watched a binge Cobra Kai. It was you pretty like it fabulous. Too. Fucking great. Yeah, I mean, I man. watched it all at least twice. I watched it in a day, ten episodes, and then um, started getting you know feeling really good and you know doing karate and stuff. And then I somehow got a fucking cracked rib. I guess it was. I don't know how it happened. I was I was sparring with somebody and didn't feel anything. It was just fine. And then I was walking out to my truck after class and went to get in my truck. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> Something's not right. Did you think a Damn. throw or something? I think, yeah. I think he was he was taking me down some kind of um, Osotogari or some kind of, you know, a reap basically where he's, this guy's probably about 250, you know, pretty, pretty heavy guy. And he, he came forward and, and tripped me. It came down on top of me, and as he was tripping me, I, I tried to reverse it and do a reverse throw to throw him past where he was taking me down, and it worked, but he landed on my rib cage with that 250-pound belly of his, and I you know, I definitely felt a squish at that time, but I didn't know that I was injured. That's my hypothesis. It could have been from a strike, too, because we were doing some heavy sparring, too, but he landed on me, and I wound up in on top in, um, in half guard with his leg wrapped up, so... You know, the maneuver worked, but... Um, Did you grape on the leg and start throwing him and I don't think, in his head? I, I, may, I, may have, I may have won that point, but I lost the battle because yeah. I now I've uh, been out. I, t- I took last Thursday off. I'm taking... I should be a class right now, but um, I've got to rest my rib because it's... And then I went I went back the next the next class. I went back after injuring it and tried to tried to tough it out and re-injured it, of course, and... So I just need to give it some time. Fucking, it's, it's the great thing about rib injuries is there's nothing you can goddamn do about it. Well, I've, this this is nothing. I've I, I've had had them where you can't even breathe properly. You can't take a deep breath because because it hurts so badly. That I had one where I the first actually the first year I was farming the first winter, I was slamming natty lights and I fuck yeah and I went out <laughs> and I went out to get some firewood and there's a big stack of wood piled up you know and it was dark and in the snow. I just tripped over a piece of wood in the snow and fell onto the wood pile. And a piece of firewood jabbed me right at the intersection of a rib and my sternum. Oh, Jesus. And just totally fucking broke it. 
And um, I had to, I, I just took a belt, like just like a, a leather belt, and wrapped it around my, my chest and just kept it tight so just so that I could breathe without it hurting. Oh, my God. That took about a month or two to before I was normal again. So mm. this isn't that nearly that bad. I can breathe deep and I can function. I can still do my chores and stuff, but I probably shouldn't get kicked or thrown for a little while. Mm. That's, That's my favorite thing is just uh, pain. Yeah, I, I kind of like it. Makes you feel alive. It makes man. me feel alive, and um, and, and when you can't do this, when you you're inhibited from doing things that you really want to do for a period of time, it 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 has a, it maybe has a way of energizing you because like the absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah, you, you know how like, when you have like a really bad stomach ache, yeah. and you're just like, I just want this to end, mm-hmm. and then when it when it's alleviated, you just feel this wave of relief. Oh, yeah. And and it feels euphoric and awesome to just not be in pain. So, so there's something to be said for being injured and banged up and scratched because the healing process is a healing uh, of itself. It's right. like, it's alleviating for something to heal. And if you're just a fucking cream puff and you're not, you're never sore and you're never dinged up and you never experience any injuries, there's no contrast for which you to, for you to feel joy. You know, it's just, everything's just fluffy. You know, there's nothing. I, I like, I like, you know, being dinged up, and I like challenges, and I like, I like, I like a little bit of pain. I think you need it. Well, it's like with uh, weights. I'm always sore. Yeah, it's in always some like way, your, it's always. And yeah. if I'm not, then I don't feel like I've done anything. Right. Know? So it's almost like you've been in a low level car accident. Yeah, that's how I kind of feel. Like tomorrow, that. I'm going to be, I'm going to be paying for that. Like I just did the squats. Yeah, I loaded it up. And I just kept going. I was was like, there a bunch of people good. there? There were a few, yeah. Don't you like that when yeah, they yeah. slap four plates on there? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> and uh, it's bars jiggling. But, you know, the analogy I was going to say with to your point is uh, kidney stones. And that, that's, I don't know if you guys have ever had one. Nope. But they're absolutely agonizing. And But the thing about them is it's crazy. It doesn't linger. Once it's passed and it drops, it's gone. And you have all those endorphins that have built up behind it, just in your system, and they're not, now they're not trying to alleviate anything. Like, they're just ah, free in your system, yeah. like, oh my god! You know, or like and, after, and, after a bad vomiting yeah, yeah, episode, you sleep and, and you're, you're like, like oh, I'm not vomiting anymore. Well, give me that blanket, and you're just laying <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> give me a nice cool rag to wipe my face. And- <laughs> it's great. Like uh, I remember. The worst was when they put a stint. Oh, that was oh god! On oh, your pecker, yeah, son from of my, a bitch. From my kid, from my kidney to the end of my dick. Oh my god! And can't you just? I cut was it pissing off? black water. <laughs> oh, black water, keep him rolling. But when, but then here's not the worst. That's not the worst part. Then they had to go in and take it out, right? So he grabbed a thing. He's looking at you right in the with eye a the time. <laughs> well, is <laughs> a thing with a like an, a, a a metal. Rod coming out of it. He stuck it in my dick. Yes, and yanked it out, and I screamed. <laughs> Wonder why? <laughs> and it was why it scream? was off because it was so. I could feel it going near my my prostate, like it felt fire, like up around where my balls are. Hey, you're not supposed to hit the prostate from that angle. You're supposed to get it through the butthole. It seems a little reckless. At least on that's his what part. I've heard, it, dude. It was, and I and I told him I don't like this. He's like, well, we're gonna numb it up, and they just put a little lidocaine on. I said, what is that going to do? I was like, I should. Don't you think you should put me under for this? He's like, No, it'll be fine. And it wasn't fine. <laughs> and he <laughs> and he pulled it out. This is not fine. <laughs> this is not fine at all. Um, and uh, he pulled it out. And then though, 
other than a little urgency to pee because I was still a little swollen, all the pain was gone. And I came bebopping and scatting out of that fucking back of that room. And all these people are looking at me because I yelled really loud. Like, it's, it was fucking painful. <laughs> I was like, ah! Kelly Clarkson! Yeah, it, was, it was a manly scream because it was like primal. You know, it was like... Yeah. Um, oh, God damn it. And uh, people were like looking at me and I, and I was sweating, but I was obviously smiling and stuff. And mom was like, are you all right? I was like, yeah, I'm good. Let's go. I was like, how about some McDonald's? <laughs> <laughs> Get some soda. <laughs> Let me build up another one of those bad boys. <laughs> I was thinking of something. To say. Like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm free to keep doing that again. I haven't changed any behaviors, but I haven't had a kidney stone in years. I don't know. I think Kratom might be dissolving it. Fuck, I don't know, dude. Because let's just keep thinking that and the placebo will work. Also, I think it was the the switch in my diet that caused it at first because I was I didn't consume as much protein and then I was consuming lots of protein so my body finally adapted and said okay this is what we're eating now and it just kind of adapted and now I feel I mean I don't really have any more urinary tract issues so that's excellent yeah another one of my favorite things was uh, doing the pro wrestling commentary the other night with uh, oh yeah how'd that go Andy Ampton Andy Frampton it was fun the matches were pretty good I got to see uh Casey Shingleton, he's a he was in Miniature Giant. We've played their music on here before, mm-hmm. and he's a uh, he's a pro wrestler now. And it go, goes by Kirk Blackman, and he's a little fella. So, and he told uh, he came up and told me beforehand to have Andy completely bury him whenever he comes. <laughs> so when he comes out, uh, his music's playing. I'm like, guess who that is? Uh, his his character's named Bronco. I don't see anybody because he's short. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I don't see anybody. He's like, that's Kirk Blackman. He's like, what? that's Kirk Blackman? <laughs> that's Kirk. That's a child. <laughs> I was like, were you expecting more? Like six, seven more inches probably? 70, 80 more pounds? Good Lord. He's 14 years old. <laughs> and they were getting... <laughs> They were getting chop wars, and I kept uh, saying, oh, those uh, knife-edge chops, shades of the nature boy. <laughs> Hold on. Shades of the nature boy, Buddy Landell. <laughs> and Fred kept get, the character kept getting mad at me for saying Buddy Landell <laughs> instead of Ric Flair. Flair. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Because, uh, I mean, some of the matches were bad. Like, not bad. I don't want to say bad, but like a little bit long. And it gets hard to to describe something, you know. Whenever, whenever it gets a little bit long, and some some of you could tell weren't as uh, experienced. Sure. So we, ha- I have to figure out a way to make it at least fun for me. I'm not getting paid. Um, I th- that first one we did was so much fun. Oh, it was insane. Plus, we did we had no idea what the no. We were doing. I mean, I just the the and they never put it out. I know. And we did. That was the, some of the best shit we did. That fucking Duke Beef Hammer. All the shit we did with that guy yeah. was fucking great. Oh, Keith Hot was there the other night. Keith Hot's Remember awesome. Him? He's like this yeah, tall. He's, and he's this fat. Yeah. He's he's a good. Worker. He's a really good, he's a good wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. And uh, he has a new gimmick now. He's got furry boots and like a furry vest. I'm like what in the hell's Frampton? <laughs> what is that? A damn Ewok coming out here? <laughs> Keith Hot. AJWT. He's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. Came up and gave everybody hugs afterwards. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. Um, they're cutting down. Uh, 
next card they're only doing six matches, which makes it so much better. Right. Because this time when there were eight, the first time it was ten, it just becomes a lot. And they they did a, th- a uh, triple threat match, which is three guys, and I called it a devil's triangle match. <laughs> and then Frampton said, oh, yeah, it should be a boofing good time. <laughs> <laughs> That's when uh, you know Frampton and you are both very quick. Like you can do a, it takes me a little bit longer. I can do a good one every now and then. You had some pretty good ones on the on the first one we did together. Yeah, but it, you guys are. I mean, I, I'm just saying I love doing it with you because you're both your wits are so fast. You know, you're both. I don't think I'm less witty. I just think that I'm not as quick. You know, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way. I, like, if I have time to, to think out a joke and the nuances of it and right. to sit there and go over it, because that's how I process things is just, like, days and Analyzation. Days. Yeah, yeah. Bro- Bef- I'm putting it a tape in my head. Mm-hmm. And, and before the matches, like, before it even starts when everybody's walking around, I'm setting shit up. I'm looking at people trying to figure out something I could say about them. Yeah. And trying so to come I'm like, mm, that guy. And I also don't want to be insulting. Right. But, uh, again, I'm not getting paid, and I have to make this fun for me. So, <laughs> You're the face announcer, though, right? Yeah, but I'll still say something sort of back. Like I said about Keith Hot, he looks to be in tremendous shape, <laughs> and he's like, he's this tall. He's, he's oh, he's chub, flubby. Yeah, but he's he's great. He's tremendous. He's really athletic. Very athletic to, to be built like that. But yeah, I have to say, I have to figure out something that's going to make it at least fun for me. And there's like a couple women's wrestlers that were there, and I think they were extremely inex- inexperienced. You can sort of tell. Yeah. And it's hard not to point it out when something like that happens. But there was a good spot where she one girl bit the other one in the face, and that got a really good reaction out of us. <laughs> Ripton started laughing. Yes! <laughs> I can hear that laugh. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, I enjoy doing it. Hopefully, uh, hopefully someday they'll make it big and we can get paid doing that. I... I'm going to become. People are already wanting me to do other promotions. And I'm like, I can't do it for free for anybody but one of my friends. Yeah, and you people aren't my friends. <laughs> All right, let's do some umbrage. Umbrage taker. Okay. Give us that umbrage, you fucking asshole. All right. I wasn't here during the whole Columbus Day shenanigans. We didn't really have any shenanigans. No. I mean, I was just that that We recorded it on a Friday. It's funny because we recorded last week's episode on a Friday, and we we did a complete breakdown of the upcoming fights that... (laughs) That were happening the night after. <laughs> and then the episode comes out four days after that. Yeah. So. Um, I, I, I usually, I always have a problem with Columbus Day. Always. But this year, the climate that, that it is that it is now is that asshole. And I, I, I don't mean to be a crazy leftist, but this is true. The asshole white man fucking climate right now is is as bad as it's been in years. And what do you mean? I mean, so many fucking douchebags uh, on Facebook um, openly 
contemptuous when you post something about Columbus Day being bad. They, they put a snarky little fucking laughing face on it or something. Or, you know, I, I was, and this is not just me doing this stuff. There's a Sopranos, uh, Members only group that I'm in The most racist Vile shit They could say about Native Americans All over the fucking place I told at least three people To go fuck themselves You know And They're just They're Italian rednecks Is all they fucking really are <laughs> And a lot of them are trolls I get it They're just doing it To get a rise out of somebody Yeah But um, But then you had The thing that got me most Was You had Joe Piscopo on Fox News. Joe Piscopo. Apparently, what are aud- we doing? With Joe <laughs> apparently, auditioning to be in a mob movie of some kind. Had a pinky ring. He fucking, does you know, he's a fucking douche. Did he, did he, how many times did he mention Frank Sinatra? At least ten. And <laughs> you know, and he was just talking about, you know, saying what well, you know, and they were, and of course, you have fucking. Uh, I can't remember one of those douchebags. Asking, peppering them, you know, throwing softball questions at them so they can get in on the assholeism too about how you know nobody should have a problem with this and this. And okay, let's let's just remove the Native American equivalent from it for a second. What did that fucker actually do that all that at least ten other people hadn't done and better? I mean, if you want to be, he's he's nothing more than conquistador. He is no different. Uh, Columbus is a conquistador. He's just lacking a gold helmet, and um, and we don't know they didn't have a gold helmet. We we, yeah, we actually don't eye. really know what his motherfucker might have his accoutrements are. But well, anyway, you, most of those guys didn't wear those helmets very much at the time because you know heavy, uncomfortable. Well, sure, but I during during, during combat when you're fight when you're going to be fighting, you know. Men who are in better shape than you, and you know that was almost an, an invariable thing that you're fighting Native Americans who are are who are nutritionally superior and in better shape, and all those things. The, what you have of them is metal, so and their weaponry is not well, as advanced. And you know, genetic superiority, technological <laughs> superiority. How's it genetic ra- superiority? Ra- <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get what you're doing there. Technological superiority, uh, racial superiority, um, better looking, um, bigger dicks, bigger, yeah. Uh, reading, writing, horses, reading, writing. They actually had horses. We don't eat our own shit. Um, Not all of us. <laughs> Not the majority. Um, but then he was saying he was throwing up the vile. Right wing talking points when it comes to Native Americans, they should be happy that a genocide earned them casinos and all this stuff. Was it really a genocide? Yes, a lot of white folks were killed by in- Indians too. Isn't that just a war? No, that's not okay. The difference is if you go out and you and you intentionally try to exterminate a group, that's genocide. So, wars are genocide then. We're trying to exterminate well, Actually, actually, yes. Wars. <laughs> if if you want to read one of the most genocidal books ever, it's the fucking Bible. They wipe out each other's and wipe out each other in wars. Yes, it is genocide. Uh, if the Germans could have wiped out the French to a man, they would have done it. That's genocidal. That's at least that's at least and an they attempted genocide. Um, but anyway, he got in there and said that they, you know, all these things. And he was, and and the guy interviewed him, and he was such a fucking douchebag about it that it just got me so fucking pissed. Uh, you know, Joe Piscopo. Yeah, Jesus Christ, Joe Piscopo. I mean, I, I was kind of shocked. I was just like, 
you know, I know things fell through for you after. Uh, oh, he's killed after sidekicks, but you know. <laughs> But you don't have to take it out on the poor Native was that Americans, that movie? you fuck. Yeah, he was a villain in it, and he's terrible. I remember that movie. I'll not have you besmirch the good goddamn name of Joe Pisco. The only good thing he did on Saturday Night Live was his Frank Sinatra impression. That was the only good thing he ever did. Um, I, I, I just, I, I couldn't, and I can't believe, I can believe that Fox News is now in the climate we're in where that stupid fucker. And, and then I had to look at other people like Tucker Carlson and all these other assholes on there saying and, and sticking to the right wing talking points that it wasn't a genocide because it was all disease. That's bullshit is demonstrably false. It is known to be false and not because it's written by uh, historians from the Native American side, which there weren't any, but from historians who were from the side doing the genocide and either a supporting it or b horrified by it. So there was a there was a uh, a Spanish monk named Roberto de las Casas, and he recorded what they did to the Native Americans. It is nauseating a lot of the shit they did, and he was not in support of it. He was he did believe they were heathens, yes, but he thought they were people, and it nearly drove him mad seeing the things that they were doing to these innocent people. And we're not even talking about fighting dealing with, especially with Columbus and and. And people like that. We're talking about people like the, the, I think the tribe was the Taiwa who were on that island. They were peaceful. They didn't have war really. And it, there's enough for all. You know, I'm not saying that they weren't people and that people weren't greedy. That's not true. But in a place like that where they did have plenty for everybody and all these things, war was not really a thing anymore. Now it was different. Like in in central South America, that's different. They did have empires that did go to war. They were very bloodthirsty at times, but that doesn't apply to Columbus. Columbus used women and children for target practice. He, you know, he's a personal, he was, he was personally responsible for, and they tried to wipe him out and they would, Take Native American women and throw their husbands under the bed and just for the thrill of it, rape their wife right on top of the bed on, with them under it. They did that shit on purpose. It was recorded many times. It's actually a thing. So, and then they would send them down in these mines to, and they weren't accustomed to doing this, of course. And they just wiped them all out. And to say that's not a genocide is stupid. And you have Fox News and Tucker Carlson and all these fuckers all fucking day defending this bullshit. And then you have the biggest idiot, Trump, saying, we, we can't celebrate Columbus Day anymore. Yeah, we were almost at a point where, could, where people could realize how bad that is to celebrate a guy who didn't really fucking do anything. How do you discover a place where, million, where, where millions of people live in the first place? And you didn't even really discover it. The Vikings were here a thousand years before you were. Yeah, that's what's what weird. the fuck? That's so, so fucking dumb to even to celebrate somebody who didn't but, do anything. But they didn't know. Um the Spanish and Italians and them Europeans didn't know that the Vikings had discovered North America. Yeah. But they... It's like a tree falls in the forest type situation. But again, they didn't yeah. discover anything. Well, and there's... I mean, there's evidence that the Irish were made it as far as like Wisconsin or some of that. Sure. And there's and evidence that Africans The were, Welsh. And Polynesians yeah. were... Had come... The out, Chinese. California. Yeah. There's lots of little clues and stuff that quite a lot of... Romans. Somebody actually said the Romans might have made it here too. Well, you know who made it here first... The Birds. Native Americans, who were actually just Asians, they crossed. Well, sure, <laughs> they but actually, I mean, they were already. But big. actually, that's a talking point that I was in class. Who can? Who says that 
And that's actually, they they made a shirt up, like these Native American groups that had the Bering Strait on it, like the Lambridge Beringia, and it said one way on it. <laughs> like, they could only go this way? Why couldn't they be Native Americans who came this way and formed those very advanced cultures? You see what I'm saying? They could be the same people that the Chinese and Japanese are and created these these empire, these huge cultures of of great uh, sophistication, all this stuff. Well, they Why, did. It was you know the Aztecs and the Mayans and the Incas, and I mean there was a lot of sophisticated. Sure, but I'm saying, but, but we're talking about the the, uh, the the North American tribes as well, you know. And that's actually a misconception that I'm sure you don't have, but you know, so what, I, I hate this fucking phrase. Well, what were they doing with the land? I was like, well, you can go to a place like Cahokia or Kittaking or all these places that were cities. They were cities. Well, and then, you know, and they were cleaner and more well organized and managed than any European city. But I guess, so, I guess, you know, to put, kind of play devil's advocate here a little bit, I guess you could, but you could, you could say that about a, Make those same claims about a whole lot of different cases of of war and um, just one culture conquering another region. Sure. I mean, that was the entire Roman Empire. I mean, all of Europe is uh, was you know forever changed because of the Romans essentially conquering and genociding and raping and pillaging and sure. you know. So it's it's and then you can look at any region in the world where war has taken place for thousands of years and find. Um, find a lot of really bad shit that people did because that's what when one dominant culture clashes with a with a culture that's maybe not as military capable militarily capable that but that has a lot of resources and land base that the right. other side wants oftentimes what happens is the the one culture does a lot of terrible things that's true to conquer and and that's that's been happening uh, for quite some time in all of the that's the history of mankind yeah and, and there's I don't know obviously maybe there's you can make an argument that uh, what happened in the Americas was maybe um, quantitatively greater than some of those other cases but I don't know if you can if there's a qualitative difference between what the Spanish and the Ameri- Sp- Spanish and the, the Europeans did to the Americas as compared to say, I don't know what Genghis Khan did to the entire Eurasian continent, <laughs> yeah. or um, you name it, you know, pick any conqueror or any war war culture um, that that did the shit that they did, and and you know how how far how far back are we going to go before we count it as history and say, okay, let's work with what we have today. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of you know I think a lot of people. One thing that you said at the beginning of your of your talk there was that you think that there's a that the white you know the white um kind of the white nationalist um you know racist type people are are emboldened like it's like worse mm-hmm. now than it's ever been i don't know if i agree with that entirely and my perception is just to play devil's advocate again a little bit here is that that's that it could be true it could be that you're perceiving that and i'm not but it could be that um that's just the backlash of of the insane PC um, elitist liberal culture that only you know only maybe ten or twenty percent of the people actually. Yeah, did you read that study? Yeah, I share. We both shared that study that showed that that I mean, everybody in America pretty much hates PC culture. Like eighty <laughs> percent of yeah. everyone thinks it's bullshit. Right, and and that that there's a backlash. The backlash to that is you've got white people who aren't necessarily emboldened because of Trump. They're just t- sick and tired. 
of being made to feel guilty because of a condition that they were born with, which is being white and or whatever it is. It, the study even said almost all black people hate it. Almost all Asian people hate it. It was something like, yeah, it was like it was like eighty percent of eighty to ninety percent or something of white people and Hispanic was the same, and then black people was like. It was like it kind of strung it along, but it was like actually seventy five percent of black people fucking hate it too. Well, okay. <laughs> so it's like um, oh, okay, but but um, let me just kind of round this off I'm here sorry. if I can. That's okay. Um, but I'm not. I, I'm just kind of. I'm kind of getting into the boat where I, I kind of empathize because I'm a little bit. Um, a little bit tired of people using their blood, that their ethnicity, or something that happened to their ancestors. Or their great great grandfather, or their great 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 grandfather. A lot of bad shits happened to your great 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 grandfathers and your great 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 grandfathers. Unspeakable. Using that as using that as some kind of leverage point. It's the oppression Olympics. In a discussion about what has happened to you in your life when you were born in a suburb or however you were born, using history or like some kind of like like there's some kind of genetic oppression going on. As a as a leverage point or a talking point or an argument against someone else because of the race that they have or because of their the 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 lineage that you think that they might have and the lack of suffering that you think that their ancestors may have had compared to you, compared to the suffering that my ancestors had, I just think it's I think it's for losers. Quite frankly, I think it's a little bit I think it's bullshit to use for me to say my great great grandfather suffered more than your great great grandfather therefore i i you're you know i win the argument i've I've got some kind of moral high ground you get oppression points yeah i don't i don't think that that's um a productive way to think but if we can return to the original point for one thing um yes um i agree with that you know i i I don't i don't believe anybody should be held accountable for their race for what happened. I mean, I said that because that's the way Fox News does things. I mean, they 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 well, they really they really push that. But I'm saying that um it's more of a celebrating a person who didn't do anything in 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 all reality. Um so you know, if if we're talking about just the holiday, yes. right? I mean, there's that. Um yeah, I mean it's it's bullshit. It's to, stupid to single him out. It's for, bullshit to praise somebody who, um, who who had a lot of character flaws and did did a bunch of evil shit. Right. Um. But I think I don't know the way that I deal with it is like okay, Columbus Day. Either a I ignore it. It's like okay, have your little day or whatever. Or b <laughs> if I did want to participate in it, I would look at it as like okay, this is this is the time at which, um, because you you can't argue that the point at which Columbus landed was was a milestone for the forming of the America that we currently know right. and live in, which is a Eurocentric, um, you know, highly diversified country that is anything you can think of that is America, where it's like being productive and the American way and what eventually led to liberal democracy and classical liberalism and the forming of the Constitution by mostly Christian white men. Mm-hmm. Um, form these ideas that our culture is based on, and and so whether or not, you know, you might you might object to to all of those, object to all those things. You might say the Constitution sucks. He's 
these ideas suck. You can have all those positions that you want. But it was a historically important point when Columbus landed. So re- so regardless, you know, you could say you could say a lot of things like um I don't know. I'm trying to think I'm trying to think of um of an example. It'd be like saying I don't you know Thanksgiving is a horrible di- a horrible holiday because because the puritans were oppressive. Well, to, to themselves and to 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 the culture, and we have these problems with Puritan, puritanism in our culture. So I don't do. cel- I don't celebrate mm. Thanksgiving because of all these terrible cultural things that Puritans have done to our culture. It's or like, you it's could like, just go hang wh- out with your family, eat some fucking turkey and gravy, bro. <laughs> and you know, it's just you know, what I mean, it's just it, it was another important point in history where, or whatever, for whatever reason, you celebrate Thanksgiving. I just kind of look at Columbus Day as the same kind of deal, except that um, nobody really celebrates Columbus Day. Like there's no parade, there's not really much really happening in terms of the way of celebration. Or, or banks Italians do. Maybe, maybe, yeah. Except that people get the day off and yeah. banks are closed. And, I didn't. Um, so really, what's the big? De- well, you know, what are we well, objecting to? Uh, I, what I'm, what I object to is again the um, the the ridiculous notions put forth about it, and the fact that I don't, you know, and again, I don't. I don't get into the suffering pissing contest other than the fact that, you know, having it, it's not the history of what happens to Native Americans. It's it's the current situation. It's the, and the situation. If you want to go current, we can go even into the 80s, the shit that was done and and how ridiculously badly they're still treated. I, 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 I'm, I'm taking issue with that. I don't take issue with. Um, really, with even the things that happened to the Aztecs and the Mayans and stuff when they were when they dealt with the conquistadors, they were warlike culture too. I get it. I, I mean, I don't. But is think, there, I don't but is think there something w- happening? Like, say, let's say if I was, um, let's say if I was uh, a Cherokee, like full blooded or whatever, three quarter Cherokee or whatever, whatever, and I was born. My father was a dentist in Gully Bridge. I'm the pretty much the exact same per- person, except, um, you know. I've, part of the Cherokee Nation and I'm, I've got that ethnicity going for me. Is there something about our culture that's harming me because of my blood, because of my DNA or because of the fact that I, I'm 75% Cherokee? If, if I don't true. get what you're saying. What is it? I'm, tr- I'm just confused about what it is about being a Native American ethnically in terms of your genetics that gives you a dis- that 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 people are oppressing today in 2018. Well, for one thing, you'd have to take. It's more of a geographical thing as well. You'd have to take. It's not. It'd be more of uh, the larger reservations that you're dealing with things with things like uh, with uh, utter poverty. Um, you know. There's lots of utter poverty with white people in Appalachia too. I understand that, but the or black people in Detroit or any colored person anywhere. It's way worse. I mean, it is it's statistically way so, worse on those places. Oh uh, yeah, I don't know, but like I don't know. No one's no one's forcing them to live there. Okay, that's fair. But um, I mean, it sucks being poor, and we're always going to have the poor with us. And I certainly empathize, and I even do my part to help out people that. That have uh, you know socioeconomic disadvantages, I, you know, but I don't think that there's anything. I don't see see how we're doing anything. Uh, there's some cultural, there's some there's some racist culture towards Native Americans in 2018. I, I'm having a hard time understanding uh, 
you know, why that why that's such a hot hot button issue for you in the face of all the other things going on. Well, because on. having read the you you'd have to read case study after case study after case study thing the FBI do on reservations the amount of murders the amount of you know the amount of uh, the BIA the the BIA by itself the Bureau of Indian Affairs is established to oppress the Native Americans on the reservations all these things these are all proven facts the fact that that uh, FBI agents went on to a, a reservation started a firefight and then they when they were murdered they had a they had a manhunt for three men and then acquitted two men on on, on evidence and convicted okay. I'm just saying these are all examples. I'm saying there's a lot this, to unwind there. I, I can't. I don't okay. know the history. I haven't read this. This is this is in the spirit of Crazy Horse, which is the case of Leonard Paltier, and the fact that you have a group of people. Here's the saddest thing, and here is the the case of the point that I try to make to people, and they don't understand it. Leonard Paltier said the saddest thing about growing up as a Native American kid in in the Pine Ridge Reservation is the fact that when they played cowboys and Indians, no Indian kid wanted to be an Indian. He wanted to be a cowboy because you have a a culture that is so wrecked by the fact that you know it, it's just systematic and it is not maybe not systematic, but it's institutionalized where, where they've been destroyed to such a, an extraordinary degree. And then you those people don't feel welcome in the outside world because their culture has been pushed and battered to such a small point that they feel that this is the only place they can really exist because they don't belong anywhere else. I understand the fact that all these things are in history. I understand the fact that you know the average person is not. You know, against the Native Americans. So I'm talking more like the institutions are against the Native Americans, and the fact that the, the United States government was still engaging in a, in a in a policy of extermination into the 1980s. They they really were, and they were exterminating. They were sterilizing Native American women uh, without their knowledge or consent. They were still doing that. So, you know, I. I that is a part of that is part of the whole reason that it, it, it's all linked with me with this Columbus Day thing and all those things. It's just more of a, a blanket of shit that they have to deal with. And the fact that not only are we the only country that there was a resolution drawn up by the United Nations to apologize to indigenous peoples and a lot of other places, including New Zealand, have advanced the Maori and, and helped them recover their culture and they're allowed to speak their language, all this stuff. That the United States is the only the only country that won't that won't try to help their native people. They they still stand on the thing that American exceptionalism, ex, you know. Ex, what what are, what are, what are what is what is the United States government? And you know me that I'm not a fan of the United States sure. government. What is it that the United States government or our culture is doing to prevent people of native ethnicity? To continue practicing their culture and learn their keep their language alive and keep their rituals alive, I would say it's what not, is preventing I, I, them from doing that. Well, I, okay, I would say that nothing has as preventing them doing that at, at at this point. But I'm saying the damage is done, and the fact that it, it's really hard to explain <laughs> when you've when you've ground a group of people underneath your heel for so long. And then, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I get the points you're making. You, and you under, yeah, and you get that you you go back far enough into your ancestry, and you're going to find a lot of your, your a lot of your uh, great grandparents and great 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 grandparents being oppressed because sure. they're Irish. 
Yeah. Or because you're Scottish or because you're pick, you know, pick a fucking culture. You go back far enough, people have been raped and all the things that happened to the Native Americans have happened to just about every culture that's exists yeah, or has ever existed. But that's, that's more of a, you know, now it's not so remote. It is something that was happening into the 1980s. So we, you but know, what, okay, I'm, but I'm where, saying, yeah, but when do you draw the line? Well, I would say, the, I, would say Irish, I would say, I would say considerably, it was happening considerably, to Irish, like just you know a few decades before that, the shit was happening to, you not, know, not what, to uh, that extent. I mean, when you're when, when I dude, you'd have to read some of the 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 the, the things that. That went on. I mean, the reason I get so upset about but it is because I'm educated on the subject. But the I get so pissed. That, that stuff. I'm not. I'm not trying to downplay uh, how bad the government has been towards any people. But um, I'm just. I'm. But it, to me, it's like I. You see that stuff happening to. Uh, you know, the government has been an enemy to the black community. You know, since, well, sure. since always. Um, other governments are. You know, you, Russia. If you're. You know, if you're gay. You, you know, there's a good chance you're going to get killed. I mean, you know, what I'm saying is in a world full of all kinds of injustices and things that we can point to and let's say, look at how terrible this culture is, or look how terrible this figure was, you know, it just seems like, it just seems like that's a grain of sand. The Native American thing is just one, one marble in the jar that, that to me is, is, is not more morally more important than any of the other, you know, any of the other tragedies or suffering that's going on even currently. We're, you're talking about stuff that happened to, you know, you're going back to the 80s or whatever or or, or before or even present, but there's there's like a multitude of injustices happening. I mean, there's there's modern day slavery. I mean, it's a, it, slavery didn't end at the, with the Emancipation Proclamation. It's like, I just don't understand why we want to sit and ramp on these things that happen to people that have been dead for 100 years when when there's like current events of things that are just as bad that you know you could you know what i mean like well, there, there's all kinds of present day things that, i get it that, uh, and that, I, that maybe that maybe uh we might still hold some sway over because we're alive because we're alive today and there's people suffering today as opposed to somebody that died 100 years ago or was I, I guess the, years the ago. most the, the most i can say to that is lacking any kind of cohesive PowerPoint program or something like that. I would I would have to point you to some things you could read and 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 understand but where, I, where this but is coming I could, from. If I wanted to, I could dig into like I'm saying, I could dig into any culture on any continent and dig up atrocities and be like, well, let me let me let me educate you, Chuck, about what happened to this particular tribe in India back in 1880. They blah 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 blah, and then the British came in and blah 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 blah, and then right they were now, right now. And there's a a province in China where it's like 96% like this offshoot of Muslim. And they're being put in concentration camps and re-educated. Yeah. And uh, they're being made to speak Mandarin. And they don't speak Mandarin. It's, it's whatever other Chinese language. It, that's happening right now. And nobody cares. Uh, they're Yemen. Uh, Yemen. Our, uh, our partners in crime, the Saudi Arabians, are... Committing a genocide in Yemen right now, yeah, and with our with our weapons. And talk about millions of people dying in just a few years, or yeah, and kind of thing. Um, and then the 
freaking Saudi Arabian journalist that got yeah, it's like it's like you know we can killed or maybe right. we can talk that. about we can talk about the terrible things that America did in you know eighteen eighty whatever to such and such tribe in such and such no, way. I was saying nineteen eighty. Well, pick a date. And then, <laughs> sorry, but I mean, it, we're going okay. to disagree about this. I, You're going to disagree that that there aren't things happening, and that the United States government, the same fucking government, doing the same shit just in a different form on another continent, like no, say, no, no, in no. Yemen, we're not going to disagree about, or that. say Iraq, we're, we're going or to say Afghanistan, or say. So I guess what I'm saying is, is like one 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 case is a case of history that can't be changed. Already happened. The other one is current events where we're currently doing this thing. And I, I guess, I don't know, I, I guess me personally, I have a lot more um, umbrage and rage about what's happening in current events with my current tax dollars as opposed to what my great-great-great-grandfather did to, uh, to, again, to the Native again, Americans way uh, back in the day. There's, there's, there's there, was a, there was a government building taken over in 1977 because of the horrendous conditions instituted on them by the BIA and the FBI on the on the reservation they took they had to take it over because the conditions were so bad that they were it was plundered i mean it's it's just so hard to describe this and it it, it isn't history it is policy it is united states government policy now maybe it hasn't changed uh it, it's changed somewhat in the in the public perception but but i'm saying that uh, the reason I get so pissed off about it is because, again, I've read all the things that were done. You know, you still got a guy sitting in prison for evidence. You know, it's more, it's not even the stuff that's happened, let's say, past the Appalachians. That stuff is, that is history when you're dealing with, you know, pox ridden blank and stuff. That's fucked up bullshit. But that is history. I'm talking about more of a of a policy that is, that is still was still put in place under somebody like Nixon or even Reagan or somebody like that. You see what I'm saying? It's it's not so much history as in well, well, how do you deal with history as as opposed to recent history? I mean, well, that's that's kind of the point I'm making is that you know at some point the line that you draw as to when you forget about these atrocities and move on and when you sit and linger on them and try to come up with a way to change history. At some point, that line you draw at that timeline is going to be arbitrary, whether it's 1980 or whether it's 2017. The shit happened, but what can you know? What what what's relevant today? I mean, what, what where's the biggest oppression in the world going on today? I don't think, I don't think you know. I don't think that the Native Americans are at the, near the top of my list as far as groups in the world right now that I would say are. Uh, the victims of currently victims of genocide. Oh, no, no. When there, I mean, there are all these other cases where it's currently going on and it's always been going on. It's not like genocide. It's like people like to talk about World War II like it was the, the, the Holocaust. I fucking hate that shit, man. No, it's not. There have been, there have been so many fucking genocides a, and so many Holocaust like scenarios throughout history all in all continents that, you know what I mean? It's like, I don't understand. You know, it's, it's a problem. It's an ongoing problem, but I don't, I don't, I don't feel much more passionately about, you know, 90% of the, 95% of all Native Americans being wiped out by smallpox within, within the first 10 years of white people touching the continent than I do about, um, you know, Pope Hot, you know, murdering millions and millions of, of his own people, you know, 
or, or any other or Stalin or anything or any of the it's like a person is a person is a person and I'm I, I don't care what your race is it doesn't have you know what your ethnicity is is not does not change the fact that um, suffering is suffering and I'm not going to you know I'm not going to I'm not going to give anybody credit or a handicap based on what happened to their ancestors. I don't fucking care what happened to your ancestors. I mean, I care. Like, I like to know the history because it's interesting to me. But I'm not. I'm not going to let someone use that. Like, that's like the whole Elizabeth Warren thing. I mean, it, it's kind of comical. I mean, I don't think anybody. Nobody really cares about it. I don't. I don't give a fuck. Who cares what her heritage is? And that's kind of the point I make. Well, she made a big deal out of, about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I understand the joke. I understand why it's a. You know why it's in the news because it's entertaining. And she used it to advance her career. Well, I don't, you know, I don't know if she did or she didn't. You know what I mean? She she mentioned it. She said, "I'm," you know. She said, "But well, I mean, what did she say? Do you know?" She used it to get scholarships and then yeah, jobs. Oh, she legit. She yes. le- yeah, she was on the board of uh, Harvard, I think, mm-hmm. as the woman of color. Even though she's a cracker, as cracker as cracker <laughs> yeah. gets, All right? I mean, I've I've got some Cherokee in me, but I'm, I'm I've never claimed that. I know that I my my mom's done the ancestry thing, and I know that somewhere back in there, there's a little bit of Cherokee blood. But yeah, there's we've I'm got, a cracker ass. I'm an Anglo blood. fucking hyper privileged cracker ass motherfucker. I'm never going to try to claim that I'm. You know what I mean? And that's that's the criticism of her. And I don't really care. The point is, I don't care. It doesn't matter to me if she's pure white or if she's pure Cherokee or whatever she is. Who she is hasn't changed. Her policies still fucking suck for the most part. <laughs> She's still a frothing at the mouth socialist. It doesn't matter to me what your goddamn color, what what color your eyes are, or what, whether you got, you know, what what kind of piercings you have. I don't fucking care. I care about a person's character. It's just basic Martin Luther King shit. Don't judge a man. You judge a man by his character, not by the color of his skin. It's just basic, basic shit. Um, and I feel the same way about Native Americans. I'm not going to be like have any more empathy for someone of Native American ancestry. Who was born in who was born in two thousand or whatever? With you know, maybe you're born into poverty and you have f- fewer opportunities, but that's true of people all over the world. You know, I don't have more empathy. I don't have more empathy for you than I do for a Brazilian or a Venezuelan or a or a Chinese Chinese person who's born into a disadvantaged position. There's nothing about your race or your ancestry that makes you special. That's fair, but we're going to, I mean, I just, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I don't care. I don't care what your fucking ethnicity is. This is my point. I think essentially what he's saying is they don't have to live on a reservation if they don't want to, or are they forced uh, to live? Well, on there's, a there's actually a book written by a black man who's, who was sort of a right wing black guy. And he, the name of the book was called, it's okay to leave the plantation. Yeah. And, um, they didn't know that the people at this college didn't know that he was a black man. Oh God. And they already, they were already, <laughs> they were already marching outside. And this was long ago. This is before the crazy PC. Well, movie. nowadays they wouldn't even care. If this was, was in like the nineties or something. They would or call him an uncle Tom. Yeah. And they came out with signs and ran him off. It didn't, didn't allow him to speak because they didn't read this book, by the way. They didn't know what the fucking book said. They just read the title, which said it's okay to leave the plantation. He shows up. He's a black man and he's saying, listen, Black people need to get off government welfare. Black people need to pull themselves up by their bootstraps. They, they need to build communities. They need to build, uh, al- you know, alternative, um, you know, black 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 based businesses and black based things. If if a white culture is not accepting you, all you have to do is build a parallel culture that's a black culture thing. It's like BET or anything else. It's like 
and people do that. Black black people are entrepreneurs all the time, and they cater to black people because black people maybe prefer to do business with other black people. That's okay. But his whole point was, you know, it's okay to leave the plantation is to stop the victimhood mentality and to to take responsibility for your own community. But but because he had this idea, which is very very similar to what Malcolm X said, and also very similar to what Martin Luther King Jr. said, which is basically, you know, black people need to better themselves and stop looking to white government, white people's government, to be some kind of savior to them. And this idea caused people to attack him, call him, call him racist, call him, and they didn't even know that he was fucking black. Well, I, and, and they I, never even read his And book. I get the point. I get the point of, you know, yes, they don't have to live on the reservation. Also. I get it. So, but, I'm, but I'm also saying that um, this is so hard to explain without... Go ahead. No, I was. Um, <laughs> I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to get into this without. Well, it's fine. We don't have to. You know, I mean, I, I'm trying to make a point and not sound like a, a fucking idiot or something or, or a crazy leftist. I'm just trying to say that, um, having seen and and and, and know and knowing. You know, the terrible things. I'm not talking about terrible things 200 years ago. I'm talking about terrible things that have continued in the modern era. And the fact that the United States government, again, is the only government that didn't try to work with its indigenous people and try to, and try to help them some. You know, uh, you know, Australia helped the aborigines. They, they said, well, what we did was fucked up. So we're going to try to make it right. New Zealand did the same with the Maori, you know, and, and that, and actually it helped if you look and, and the point I'm trying to make is, is the fact that Native American culture is still outside, is still outside the United States culture. It shouldn't be. It should be incorporated. Like the Maori, you know, like especially in New Zealand are seen as a thing that's now unites the culture. You know, white people do hakas and all this stuff. This is, that's something that they celebrate together. I think that's, I think that's the difference. Is that they're still seen as an alien culture in their own land? I, mean, I think that's the point. As I was, I sure, was trying I mean, to make. I mean, if you compare what you know what New Zealand has done as far as being compassionate towards their sure. their native culture and as a community and as a government mm-hmm. admitting wrong and saying we want you to be a part. That's, Obviously, that's that's that'd be the you know that would be the moral heartwarming path for a government. That's actually the, my but, whole point. My whole point about the whole thing. But um, I mean, and then take a look at them. I recently shared an article. I don't think anybody was interested in on Facebook that was <laughs> about um, how um, FDR, the fucking, you know, the god of, you know, so, so, you know, social Democrats, socialist Democrats in, in America talk about how great FDR was after the, after the, after the whole World War II thing, there's all these Japanese people moving in and um, he basically just rounded them up and put them in concentration camps shipped them overseas, hundreds of thousands of people, like 150,000 people, and, um, like, tro- totally tried to re- indoctrinate them and, re- and like, you know, nice concentration camps. You know, they were fed and educated <laughs> and had a place to are sleep. You talking about, are these separate from the concentration camps they put them in during World War II? I don't even know the whole story. I just, this is, I read this article. I haven't studied the history that much, but bottom line is they rounded up a bunch of uh, Japs, and, and, and uh, FDR, FDR was all about John. it. FDR was all Japs. about it. Yeah, the slant eyes, the fish eyes, the you know, zipper heads is what zipper we use heads. here, sir. Okay, 
they round he rounded him up, and as soon as it was suggested, he's like, "Yes, let's do it." Yeah, was- and it was basically terrible. They basically t- and took their homes from them, and other people moved in their homes. It was just total, uh, kind of a form of, ge- of a soft form of genocide in a way. They weren't murdering them. I'm sure they were. Some of them got murdered, but anyway, yeah, some of them this, got shot. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of them did, but not not like Nazi style. You know what I'm saying? So this happened. And eventually, some of them were able to kind of come back into the country and start all over. And um, and it was Ronald fucking Reagan apologized to the Japanese Americans that that happened to and their families and gave them $20,000. Everybody, I don't know how they divvied it up, but it was like $20,000 for everyone who was affected by that. Basically gave reparations to Japanese Americans that FDR put in concentration camps because they realized how wrong that was. And the Supreme Court admitted that that was a totally fucking unconstitutional thing that they did. Fucking conservative-ass 1980s Supreme Court said, you know, we really shouldn't be allowed to do that. Wasn't George Takei in one of those? Yes, he was. He was so oh you've got uber-liberal, <laughs> socialist, FDR, and you've got Ronald Reagan, who people think of this as a, some kind of right-wing nut or whatever. Like, I don't don't care, and you've got the, the the roles being flipped there. You got you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and so this is just another example of like, okay, here's another case we can look at where these people, based on their ethnicity, were treated horribly by our terrible fucking evil fucking government. Because that's yeah. what it, you know. You're not you're not gonna you're not gonna convince me that the government's any more evil. Then, you know, then I already think that it is. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I get it. I know what they fucking did to the Native Americans. They also did it to the Japs. They also did it to the Irish. Zipperheads. They also did. You know, they are. You know, they've also do it to Hispanic people. To somewhat nowadays, it, it, it's ongoing. You know, there's. Um, so I'm not, I'm not tra- I think it's also the scale we're talking about. We're talking about uh, now. It doesn't make it any better that that it's done to a smaller group. But I'm saying. I don't know, man. I mean, just something that is so overriding. It was something that was so overwhelming. And the fact that a government refuses to apologize for it and refuses to, and, and the people are still shitty about. And the fact that they still throw out the tropes that they're savages and whatever happened to them, you know, that's really my, my bitch about the whole thing. I mean, it's the same as people being like, to anybody who waves a, a Confederate flag, being like, oh, you lost. We kick your ass. North one. <laughs> you know, I, I, like, I know your problem with that. It's, but the, I just, you know. it's the same shit. It's just one, one culture conquering another culture and then getting bragging rights and re- getting to rewrite the history it's it's just the same shit all just decade after decade it's the same more of the same shit so i'm not trying to not trying to downplay or be uh not compassionate towards the plight of the native american but there's a little bit of moral ambiguity there in terms of just how ubiquitous that kind of you know what i mean that kind of behavior is all over the world well, I mean, you know, I'm we're, not, we're, I'm I mean, not, we're currently bombing seven fucking countries, and the, I don't see a fucking peep about it on Facebook. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then Columbus Day comes around, and everyone's all of a sudden, uh, you know, a cheerleader for someone of a certain race. It's like, and I don't fucking care what your race That's is. That's because it's a. I'm not saying you do. It's a popular thing. Virtue signal on. Well, of course yeah. it is. I mean, mm. it's not I, popular I get to pissed. be against war. And and also, like Native Americans, just like look really cool. They really do. With the feathers and the fucking whole, like, ooh, and the fucking tomahawks and shit. They're fucking badass. You know, it's, it's just a cool culture. It's easy to get. It kind of is, yeah. Dreamcatchers. So, I get Buckskins. I mean, have you heard my second album? 
I have. <laughs> it's all Native American. <laughs> it's all fucking Native American. And it's about genocide. It's about that. Every, yeah. every song is about uh, almost yeah. drinking uh, fire water and uh, wampum. <laughs> I was drinking a lot of fire water when I wrote and recorded that. That's for sure. No, no, you should check it out. You'd really like it. Uh, Hunt, the second album. Hunt, which one? Because uh, we're going to end here soon because i got to go to bed. Uh, which song would you play to go out on? If you uh, me. Move Over. Move Over. It's the fourth one. Alrighty. Anybody got anything else to fucking say? I'm, we're almost I'm at three hours. Long app. Yeah, it's good app. Solid app. A lot of tent. A lot of tent. Anybody got anything else? I think that's it. Alrighty, thanks for listening. Episode 180. Tell everybody that you love us and tell them to listen to us and uh, suck my dick if you see me. Alright, love you. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>